Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast. Show on the road. All right, edit. Edit. Welcome to Freefall RC Podcast, Episode 8, Build It Bigger. My name is Steve, and we have two guest hosts today, Kevin Teschner and Nick Simpson. Hello. Hey. Um, as you guys know, Kevin is a normal host on the show, but kind of wanted to change it up because, you know, he's built this 200% Mustang, and we'll kind of go into that a little later. Uh, first, let's just get to know Nick a little bit better. Nick, uh, tell us, tell our listeners some stuff about yourself. Uh, hi, Nick Simpson, uh, 25-year-old, full-time college student studying electrical engineering. Uh, nice. That's pretty much it. Nice. Electrical engineering, huh? So what kind of job does that produce at the end? Uh, depends on what sort of field you want to get into. Uh, you can go simple and just be like a tech guy um, working at a company you could specify into fields um, like solar energy, wind energy. Cool. Wow. Nice. Do something about that solar stuff, dude. Yeah. I've been trying to get my dad to like get solar panels on his house. Anybody that's listened to this podcast knows I was going to make a comment like that, man, because it's like <laughs> it's all well and good, the whole green stuff. But, dude, I got to get to work tomorrow, you know? I still need yeah. gas in my tank. You know, right, tonight. Right. So, oh, yeah. I don't know. And I think they've been doing some some good stuff. I think things have been progressing. But I don't yeah. think we should get all Looney Tunes about it yet. Yeah, they got to make that stuff cheaper because it's it's just too expensive. And you don't get that, you know, the return on it is not there oh, yet. definitely. The price point's just not where it needs to be at. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, how long have you been in the hobby? Well, successfully, I've been in the hobby for about two years now. Um, successfully? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, probably like many people, I tried to get in the hobby uh, quite a few years ago, and there wasn't too much of the uh, easy way to get in, uh, so I crashed a couple planes and decided to call it quits. Yeah, we've all been there. Yeah. So uh, what got you into the hobby? Like, you know, how did you find this hobby? Uh, well, the RC hobby in general, I've been in it since I was a little kid. Uh my dad started me out with the team associated RC10 GT Nitro Truggy. Nice. And oh, I still geez. have it and I've got that thing to run a few times recently. Now that's the that's the, the RC10 that's the uh the RC car, right? Like we were talking with Kevin about? No, that's one that comes after it. It's uh yeah. it's the Truggy version, so it's the truck with the tires that are really far out oh, from the Okay. Yeah. But okay. it still uses like a, a buggy body, right? That's yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. It's it's the mixture of the two between the I just wanted to clarify to anybody that didn't know what, what that was. You know, whether it was a car or a plane or helicopter or whatever. <laughs> no, it's definitely a car. Yeah. Yeah. So name a couple of your favorite planes. Let's you know, or a favorite F T plane. But it doesn't um, have to be F T, it could be anything. Uh, well, I haven't gotten to flown a whole lot of different types of planes. It's mainly been flight test planes. Um, I have got a Mini Radian, and I've got the FlyZone Beaver. Uh, right now, probably my favorite to fly is the Beaver. That thing just 
uh, can get away with just about anything with it. Um, but that might change if I can get my spit back in the air. Yeah. The big one, the 200%? Oh, yeah. Now, did you make a regular one first? I know we'll probably get into this later, but I'm I'm curious to whether you flew one of the regular size ones. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely started out um, with the smaller scale, normal sized ones. And I get kind of picked on a little bit for it, but um, I had a couple failed attempts at FT planes. And I took a, a KK board and put it into open arrow and set it up for a plane. And used it as like AS3X, cheater. Yeah, I remember <laughs> you saying. Sad. I remember you saying that at flight uh, at flight fest. You said uh, you said that you put a KK board into it, and without getting too crazy, I was like, okay, okay. And then I'm thinking, I don't know how the hell he did that. Like, I'm so used to KK boards being on a multi rotor. Right. I was like, what? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I reflashed it and set it up for an airplane. That's pretty cool. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, I mean, if you have instructions on it, I'd love to uh, figure that out because I have like six of those just sitting. In yeah, a box. I have a couple laying around. I'm pretty sure you can look up the Open Arrow firmware for it, and okay. I believe it has instructions right there for it. Ah, oh, perfect! Yeah, nice. Cool. And we'll add to the show notes for our, our listeners too. Yeah, nice. definitely. Yeah, that Fly Zone Beaver. That's a that's a really nice plane. Um, we know two guys that fly them regularly. Yeah, and. uh they rave about them, man. And they're good-looking planes, too, you know? They all the, they're, like, really scale with the lights on them and all that. Yeah, and <clears throat> the only bad things I can say about it is that the openings are quite small to get your hand into to set, like, your receiver up. If you use a different-sized receiver, it doesn't right. quite fit where the one that they, quote-unquote, want you to use. Yeah, if I remember right, when Jeff was setting his up, um, there was just a limited amount of room uh when he took the wings off the top or something like that um, mm-hmm. if i'm thinking that's the right plane yeah and it's like they got the scale seats in it but then all the electronics is supposed to like just jam in there somehow you know all the servo leads and stuff so it kind of like takes away from that scale look a little bit yeah yeah i remember seeing wires just kind of all over the place in there yeah it definitely and I've started modifying a bit to open up one of the back cargo doors to actually work to be able to do some cable management and possibly be able to fit GoPro camera and maybe some FPV gear inside. Sweet. Nice, dude. Yeah, you were showing us a few uh, pictures of that. You have to take, uh, take some and we'll post them up. Yeah, definitely. I'll make sure to get some more. Because that might be something, you know, any guy, anybody that owns one of those would be interested in. You know, oh, definitely. How that happens. Definitely. Um, for anyone who's wondering, it's 3D printed pieces that I modeled up. Yeah, and they look good. They're a decent size. I mean, they looked like yeah. at least like almost four by four to where you get your hand in there and all that. I know Kevin spoke about you how we how at least when I first met you at Fly Fest 2015. Um, I, I kind of want to get your perspective on that. So we pull up and then all of a sudden, you know, you hear someone calling your name. Oh Don't yeah, you? I was um. You know, I, I had my issues getting into Flight Fest. I came in a little late, um, missed the uh, actual driveway, which was the field before the driveway. Right. And, uh, okay, yeah. Ended up in there uh, almost pretty much at the vendors with my RV and got out. I was like, all right, I'm going to go find someone, figure out where I'm supposed to park. Get to the hangar, find Fred, uh 
him being him, comes out, helps out, gets me parked up, whatnot. And then he's getting ready to go take a shower, and he's going to shut the generator off and go to bed. Mm-hmm. So while he does that, I figure, well, no one else is going to be out here, and you know we're still setting up camp. Might as well, when people are pulling in, I can help them out. You know, I I did volunteer for it, so might as well. All right. And uh, yeah, I was helping out a few people and waving them in, making sure they find a spot to park. And you guys happen to show up. Of course, I didn't know that. Uh, right. Walking mm-hmm. up to an RV, someone calls my name, and I get in my head like just the thought of like who's calling my name? What? Like it, it, I almost forgot to keep walking. Like I, I stumbled because <laughs> like it, it was that bad. Oh, it was one o'clock in the morning too, right? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. It was, it was pretty late. Yeah, and then yeah, I walk closer and I actually see Kevin's face in the driver's seat, and it was just it was like old times. It felt like. Yeah, it's like a flashback. Just all came yeah. right back, huh? Yeah, except for this time he wasn't uh, trying to cram everything into a Jeep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're trying to cram everything into an RV. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, I remember pulling in and I was like, I was like, holy cow, it's Nick. And then you were just like, dude, pull over here for now. We'll sort everything out in the morning. And then we wound up, like, I think hanging out and yeah, talking I went, for like another hour at least. I went yeah. and uh, grabbed Josh out of the RV and was like, hey, man, Kevin's here. Let's go talk to him. <laughs> Yeah, Josh was funny. He stuck his head right in the in the uh, in the camper. He's like, "What do you guys got? What'd you bring?" Yeah, <laughs> all over. Yeah, yeah, it was nice. pretty cool, man. That was that was a great way to kick that off, man. Yeah, it was, was awesome. Definitely, it was just like Flight Fest 2014. Yeah. Uh, so, what have you guys been up to, uh, Kevin? You go first. Uh, building a little bit, flying a little bit, uh, playing a little Kerbal a little bit, <laughs> just a little bit of Kerbal. Just um, I don't know. I've just been turning it on and messing around, doing little hey, things. It's only rocket science, man. It's only rocket yeah, science. It's only rocket yeah. science. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Good thing it has a reset button. Right. I would have killed the whole population by now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I've been. Um, what was I working on just lately? Um, I've been working on that. Um, the middle stick, the one that Dan uh, spawn spawn holds. Um. I know he flies a version of it. It's not his design, but um, I think it's uh, – oh, geez, I should have looked this up. I think it's um, – I don't know, on the FT forums. He posted it a couple of years ago. It's basically a foam, a Dollar Tree foam version of an ugly stick, like 50-inch oh, okay. yeah, yeah, stick. Yeah. So I, I, that's the one I smashed at our club at the very first – I think it was the first or second time we were there. Yeah. Um, I – I adjusted the elevator and I must have not I must not have tightened the linkage stopper uh enough or something happened and uh it went up came right back down and then caught fire cuz the mm-hmm. the lipo went into the one of the screws I had in the firewall. Oh jeez. Yeah, so yeah. a second time flying and everybody's like, "Do these guys know what they're doing?" like he just started a fire. Yeah. You know, and then I got crash of the month and all that award mm-hmm. from our club. But yeah, I've been working on. I think it's version three now. At least nice. you got an award. Yeah, yeah. And I, I was I was proud of it. I took it everywhere. I took it to a Thanksgiving dinner. I think. Did you really? <laughs> yeah, my wife made sure everybody in the family knew I got an award uh, for crashing. So it was oh, pretty man. funny. Yeah. And then I was out flying. Uh, Steve and I got together Sunday. Was it Sunday? Yeah. Yeah, Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we went to a local park and. Um, 
I brought out the little. I, I only brought. Oh no, I, I did bring it. I brought three helicopters and uh, two foam planes, and flew the 180 and crashed that. But I had some fun with that, and I got to fly the oxy four times back to back, which was great, man. Just putting batteries through that really helps help me out, mm-hmm. getting more comfortable with that. Um, so that was that was great. But then I went to fly. The, I brought had the Goblin 380 with me, and I went to fly that. And because of the last time I had batteries in that what had happened was i had put the battery in and it's the icon started to initialize and i immediately put picked it up to put the canopy on and one of the servos didn't initialize and i didn't know that until it was like a foot off the ground and it came back down and i, I had a tip over and we, we talked about that mm-hmm. um so now my procedure i've changed a little bit where i have the heli and then in this case it's in the back of the jeep and i'll plug the battery in i'll let it sit for you know whatever 15 seconds it goes through its boot up it moves the cyclic up and down and so then i know it's all set and then what i normally do after that is i'll either pick it up and put the canopy on or i'll start to cycle through the the different controls i'll start to circle the cyclic around yeah and check that out and and i'll start to I'll move the, you know, in throttle hold, I'll move the, the cyclic up and down with the throttle, and then I'll check the rudder out just to make sure everything's working. Mm-hmm. Well, this time, when I went to move the rudder, uh, nothing was working, and I'm like, oh, crap, what did I do? You know, did the did the did the, uh, the control horn, you know, pop off, or or did the, the push rod get stuck somewhere? <laughs> I've had that issue before. In the uh, tail boom, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> I looked close, and I guess when I did the tip over, I didn't notice that the servo horn had broken right right in half for the for the rudder. So I was like, okay, I'm not flying this, which was – it's good to learn from that because for me, you know, sometimes when you're out at the field – and Steve and I weren't out at our regular field. We were just out at a field that was just kind of like me and him and a couple other guys. And so it wasn't like a lot of commotion going on. So I, I was able to, like, just keep my attention there and go, like, uh, okay, you know, it wasn't – like plug the battery in, get your flight in, get it out of the way because other guys want to fly and and stuff like that. So it was cool to learn from that, you know, just go through the go through the motion, make sure everything's working. I mean, it could have been a lot worse. I could have tried to take off and yeah, I probably would have noticed right away that the rudder's spinning around. Yeah, the helicopter will let you know for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely good to do uh, your flight checks, your pre-flight checks. Yeah, and it sounds stupid, but like I said, when you get caught up in what's going on at the field and you know one guy just crashed or one guy just told a joke and everybody's laughing and carrying on you know mm-hmm. sometimes you 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 miss a step and then you you can pay for it yeah that one time you overlook something yeah yeah the one time you you have your ailerons reversed and you don't know it yeah. oh yeah and you're joking around and yeah and then you're like oh crap Especially for the newcomers. I mean, there was mm-hmm. a few times even at Flight Fest, I'd have to sit there and be like, oh, your ailerons are reversed. And, yeah. you know, it's simple as that. And then next thing you know, they're out flying and having fun. Yeah, that's something you can easily screw up when you're new. Oh, it's, yeah. You can easily look at the way that, that that flips up and, you know, and point it the wrong way and think it's correct the correct way. That's why the high five thing was the best thing that flight, one of the best things Flight Test came out with, you know, that little video. Yeah, that video definitely helped out a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. Me for sure. As soon as I started flying the 4 channel and yeah, for sure. So what have you been cool. up to, Steve? Um, so I did fly on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, Saturday was at our 
club's alternative field, alternate, I should say, alternate field. Um, nice open space, had a bit of wind, but it wasn't too bad. It was manageable. Uh, a lot of snow. I think I posted a couple pics on Instagram or Facebook with that. My, yeah, you did. Yeah, my helicopter's upside down, which seems to be the natural position of my helicopters these days. <laughs> <laughs> um, so on Saturday, I, I basically flew the Oxy-3 cube. You know, I went through, I think, about four, three or four battery packs just tuning this cyclic bobble I had. This really nasty cyclic bobble. So for the folks that might not know what a cyclic bobble is, is basically when a helicopter is just hovering and you maybe move, you know, bring it up, bring it down a little bit, do a little pitch pumps. Um, it's when the gyro just is, the gain is so high that it just bounces. So the tail would bounce up and down. And it was bouncing like five or six inches. So it was really going, wah, 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 just making oh, wow, this crazy man. noise. It's really hard to control the helicopter when it's doing that. And normally, if you would just kind of let go of the sticks and just let it hover and it'll kind of settle itself. But it was so bad that it would not stop. It didn't matter what flight mode I was in, what head speed I was set at, it just wouldn't do it. So um, I got it to land. I autoed it down, you know, from a couple of feet. And got to land, and just from there, I just kept on tuning and tuning and tuning, and eventually I got it out. So now it flies great. Oh, nice! Uh, yeah, it's you know. Now you, isn't you saw that, it on Sunday? It was flying great. So yeah, it was. It was flying really good. Now, isn't the the back front bobble? Isn't that more like an elevator bobble, or do they still call that cyclic? Because when I hear cyclic, I think it's the left right like. So on a helicopter. They don't differentiate the left, right, forward, and back, or like the elevator or the ailerons. They just all call it the cyclic, because on your stick, it's just the cyclic stick. Right. So yeah, yeah. To picture it better, it is the elevator bouncing that you know having too much gain set. Because so I've seen the I've seen the other bobble and that. Which one? When the, it goes the left, back, to right? The, yeah, the, the left, right. Or are you talking about the tail going back, wagging? No, when the ailerons like aileron left and right. When the whole heli's like bobbling. I mean, as far as I know, I mean, I could be mistaken, but as far as I know, that's still considered a cycle problem. Like, just any, you know, up or down on the tail or left and right on a helicopter um, is considered a cycle problem. But if I'm wrong, you know, let us know. That's Steve um, at. Yeah. <laughs> just let us know it. Yeah, just let us free know. Free fall. RC at uh, Gmail. Yeah. Um,. And besides that, once I got that tuned out, I started messing with the tail rates on on uh, the Oxy-3, the uh, Goblin 380, and the uh, Goblin 570. Yeah. I saw the 570 on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think I flew all of them. And it's weird because I set the rates to be the same, but I guess just the geometry of the heli and the power uh, differences of each heli, the 570, that thing whips around like it's... Yeah, crazy. Like I don't know. I, <laughs> I can't That's put it really forward. quick. It's really quick. I think it. I mean, it's got to do at least two to three rotations. No, maybe about two rotations per second. Wow. So, yeah, it's pretty fast, man. Yeah, two full rotations per second. So, um, I kind of like it that way. Um, I had a professional pilot fly one of my helis once, and he was like, you know, everything seems good, but your tail is really slow. You know, and. And what happens is if there's an emergency where you need to whip that tail around to get your orientation and level the helicopter back off, it won't spin fast enough before it hits the ground. So I kind of took that to heart. And you know, once I got the helicopter flying okay, I was like, let me turn the rates up. And I mean, this will probably 
not make any sense to a lot of people. But on the icon, if you go to your tail settings on hard 3D, your tail's set for 440, whatever that arbitrary number means. Who knows? But um, I went from 440 to 600, and that's where I'm at now. Um, I incrementally went up to like 480, 500, and then I was like, you know what? Let me. It's not fast enough. Let me do 600. <laughs> So I'm happy at 600 now, and it just it just whips around. I could do a quick punch out, uh, inverted punch out, and do two whips of the tail yeah. super quick. You almost um, had three, I think. Yeah, the, yeah. The time on Sunday you tried it. Yeah, you know, and I probably could have. I just had a little more angle and more height, but um, you know, that's what I want. I want to be able to just whip that tail around real quick. So, so I'm happy about that stuff. Um, nice. I did. I did do a little bit of building. Um, I worked on the Nerdnik A10 again, the NN A10, and I basically just built the nose of it. Without instructions, I kind of just figured out a way to put the nose together. There's a little uh, poster board canopy part of the nose, so I glued that in, and it, it butts right into, uh, it pressure fits right into the fuselage, so it looks good right now. Um, but that's about it. That's cool, man. No more yeah. hot glue? Mistakes, no more hot glue. Or- no, I still haven't messed with the EDS because of that incident. <laughs> uh, my finger's healing good. Um, Out it's of kinda... everything to get hurt by. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because uh, I, you know, I guess Fred listened to our last episode and he was like, "So show me the pick of the of your finger." <laughs> and I said to him, and he was like, "Whoa, that's a lot worse than I imagined. I was gonna bust your chops on this, but no, nah, no, nah, th- yeah, it's really bad." <laughs> So yeah, it's, yeah. You it's showed happening. me on Sunday the the healed version. Yeah, and, and that's it was, and it still looks pretty bad. Yeah, now it almost just you know just has a little bit of scar tissue. It's not too bad. It's just you know it'll it'll work its way out in a day or two now. So well, thanks for sharing, but not sharing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised I didn't get more folks uh, interested in seeing that though. I don't know. You never know. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you are, definitely let us know. Post it on our our Facebook page, and we'll I'll put it up there. All right. Uh, so, Nick, how have you been? What you been up to this past week or so? Uh, I haven't really been flying, uh, unfortunately. I've been laying low because of the FAA and AMA doesn't know what they're really going to do about things. And I see a lot of people not wanting to register and refusing to register. And I kind of agree with them. Yeah, me too. Yeah, we haven't registered yet. Yeah. Which, um, which makes me doubt the numbers that they've been claiming. Like three hundred thousand people have registered. I, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I'm kind of looking at that a little iffy too. I mean, I know there's quite a few people who have registered and are talking about it. And I don't know. February nineteenth though is that deadline though to avoid that the fines that they're wanting to push out. So. Well, you think about all us pilots that were in the AMA already. Yeah. And and then you think about the. I'm doing air quotes here. The million people that were just buying quads or drones this this Christmas, and mm-hmm. only three hundred thousand people have registered. So that means there's like what eight hundred thousand people out there that haven't. Right. <laughs> and and supposedly those man. supposedly those are under the uh, what is it two hundred fifty grams? No, I don't. Yeah. I don't yeah. think so. Or they're flying indoors. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. But I think we're going to get forced into it because our club, unfortunately, is going to require it. And I don't know if they're going to – how well they're going to police it. But uh, our club is really cool, so I don't really want to piss anybody off. So I probably yeah. will wind up uh, registering it. But I will do it from my work phone and my 
gift card visa. All right. And I only say that because, all right, you might think I'm extremely paranoid, and maybe I am. But uh, when they did the – remember Obama's cash for clunkers? And Steve's rolling his eyes now because I, I said Obama. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> you remember Obama? No, no, you can go. Go, go. His cash for clunkers. Nobody reported this except the very few people that actually read what was on the website that said, if you use your home computer for the cash for clunkers, whatever it was, the deal that they were working on, mm-hmm. um, the, the, some of the fine print said, your computer is now basically a government workstation, and anything that goes in or out of this computer will be monitored by the government. It said that right in the, the application whoa, for cash whoa. for clunkers. Yeah, Google it. You can you can check it out. Tell wow. me I'm wrong. Um, so yes, I, please do. So I'm not going to do this from my. I don't know if there's that clause in the FAA thing, but I don't trust the government at all. So I'm going to do it from the work phone, and I'm going to use my visa that I got for Christmas from either my sister or my mother. One of them gave me a visa. Wow. Yeah, I know. If 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 I go to register, I'm definitely going to go out and buy a little gift card. Yeah, so that's that's my paranoid section for this hour. Um, <laughs> I'm sure there's going to be more. Yeah, exactly. That's why I said this Yeah, hour. next hour. Oh, yeah. man, so what else, Nick? <laughs> um, mostly just been repairs. I've had uh, my mini quads down, got to get rewired. A bunch of the boards came loose. Some of the thing, uh, little clips broke out on it in one of the crashes. I'm surprised I haven't broken an arm or any other piece of the frame. Wow. What kind of quad you flying? Yeah, what kind? Oh, jeez, I'm gonna have to look it up real fast. Is it um, just like? Is it a clone or is it like your a generic like 250 race quad or? I don't know if it's quite a clone. I actually had Josh uh, Pulowski turn me onto this, um, yeah. but um, yeah. So I've got my normal size Spitfire, which. I've done quite a few modifications on. I've had to redo the flaps on it, um, which I'm added in. I've had a few issues with the fuselage coming unglued in a couple places, and then I have the warping of the tail. Ooh, but, I know that. But unfortunately, like the photos you posted up of your uh, bushwhacker mm-hmm. tail, mine didn't curl like down at the tips. Mine twisted almost oh, as man. if aileron roll yeah really wow i've seen that happen man with with mine when i was hanging them from the tail it's i don't know if that's how you're storing them or or what i'll either hang them on the tail or they'll lay uh the lay just as if they're parked Mm -hmm. um they're not in like really moisture or anything not high humidity and it's just twist and unfortunately my 200 percent spit fire tail has the same issue oh man oh right i do remember that we were having an issue with that uh flight fest right there was uh, a, a slight little, issue with, with a, it? a little bit it, it was um it was actually more manageable than the one on the smaller spitfire um i went out and tried to fly it and i probably had a good 40 deg- degrees on the ailerons wow. to just fly level jeez yeah Damn. it was when I first threw it up, it was just full left stick, wow. just to just to be able to land. I wonder why it twists instead of like just curled up. Like um, maybe I'm I don't know. Maybe I'm just thinking, or I'm talking about my ass here. But maybe it's because like 
like when I cut it out, I made sure like I cut it out kind of parallel to the foam board, like level, like so the corners kind of squared up against one side. Potentially, do you, do you I know mean, if you could be... it? Yeah, you know if you cut it in an angle because then the the internal like kind of you know how the foam kind of has like a little wave to it, and you know maybe it's cut in an angle, and that's why it wants to curl in that natural, you know, groove or however they lay the foam down and to make the foam board. I I really don't have any idea. I'm usually the brake will take care of that, like the the cut you put in for the control surface. Yeah, usually, right. usually takes that bend out a little bit. Well, that's only when it's you know when you're using it or when you first build it. But like if uh, you had sure, your if elevator, sitting. Yeah. yeah, sitting and then all of it just moved together. Well, with, with the twist, that brake doesn't mean anything to it. Mm. When it's curled like up at the tips or down or whatever, you, that brake will move. Or uh, yeah, the actual hinge will flatten it and help uncurl it. But with the twist, that that hinge is still flat. It it's nothing to it. Did did you double up on the on the control surface like the rudder and the elevator for the two the, for the two hundred percent? Yes, I did. Hmm. And it's still got that curl. I'm pretty sure I have a photo of that on my Instagram. Oh, cool! Of yeah, the like two hundred. Now you said something interesting about the other Spitfire. You said that you put flaps on it. Were they um were they split? I guess they were split flaps, right? Or no? Yes, they were. I continued the bottom of the wing i continued it out a little bit further just uh specifically cut four flaps oh nice that's cool and i actually i took that idea and design from making the 200 percent spitfire because the 200 is where i originally put those flaps in mm-hmm. nice oh that's cool yeah i'd like to see how that that uh what a difference that makes because uh i did that on my racer and because uh, the racer was a little tough for me to land it would come in quick and would lose lift quick, you know? So it was kind of hard to uh, to land, and I wasn't really experienced at the point where I had it. But I did put flaps on it. It did slow it down nice. Right. Nice. Um, that quad is actually the RCX-H250CF. Um, it's on my rcmart.com. Okay. And it actually comes as a kit version with uh, it's the carbon fiber frame, motors, ESCs, props, and a flight controller. And it looks like it's 115 bucks right now. Okay. Wow. I, I think it sounds like... Uh, I know RCX kind of does a lot of their... Um, I think a lot of their stuff is kind of cloned stuff. So it might just be a QAV250 cloned or the ZMR250. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. Oh, that's cool, though. I mean, that's what I fly. That's a decent price too. I mean, that's good for yeah. To get you into a to get you started, yeah. Two fifty race quad, yeah, definitely. I think that's what I paid for mine, the tool that I have. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, when yeah. all said and done, the frame alone is only thirteen bucks. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely. Nice. The other stuff I've been working on is the Beaver. I've been modifying it. Um, some of you know I got a three D printer. Been playing around modding with that and. Built a nice hinged door for the back cargo door of the Beaver. Trying to be able to get in and set up the wiring a little better. Receiver. Maybe get some FPV gear inside of it. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, I was was hoping to get more snow here in Michigan, but uh, we didn't actually get that much. So I didn't actually get to put the floats on it this year yet. Um, You can still hope. 
Uh, <laughs> it's so early. It's it. That's strange to me because we don't hope for snow in Jersey. Well, I guess they do if you're if you're a skier, but right, us right. RC guys don't hope for snow in Jersey. <laughs> so far, we've been getting our wish. Yeah, yeah. It's all been over where you guys are, or below us. No, or... it's actually been really mild this year, aside from the the, blizzard, the big yeah. blizzard. But you know, oh, I know. Today was it was sunny but windy, so I couldn't fly anything anyway. Mm. We had like a thirty mile an hour wind. A heli could take that. A heli couldn't take care of that. <laughs> a heli can handle that, no problem. <laughs> it makes me nuts, dude. When New York City gets uh, two feet of snow, and they're like, "It's the big one. It's the one we're all gonna remember. It's the blizzard of 2016." It's like, bitch, that was what I had last year, and nobody said nothing when it's up in north, you know, northwest Jersey, dude. When I get right. that. Whenever, whenever New York City's expecting six inches, we get twenty-four up here. And right. It's like that was just like that's norm for us. Yeah, I just not, think you know they we're don't not have towing to... guys down the street <laughs> with snowboards, and you know that's a pretty cool video. Though. That was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, when he whipped out the American flag, I don't know if any, everybody's seen yep. that video, but yeah. when he whipped out the American flag and was going down Times Square, I was like, yes, this is <laughs> yes. cool. Well, we do own jeeps me and kevin anyway yeah so we get away with it on that part yeah uh mine is quite a bit older than yours yeah i had uh i had i had probably i don't know six 16 inches of snow maybe um this was an oddball storm that hit more new york than us you know for once Mm -hmm. but uh i i cleared like a little like armored car slot in the windshield saturday night and just drove down to the amp and Clearing golf on the parking lot was it was funny because nobody on the road. They didn't they didn't do much, you know, plowing at that point. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love it when they don't plow. We can actually yeah. get on the road and still do the speed limit, and everyone stays off the road. It's like thank you. Yeah, I think the only guy I passed was coming at me, and he was in another jeep, and he had the LED lights. On, like, oh yeah, was on up high. Yeah, and he had them yeah. all on, and I and he shut them off as soon as he saw me, and I was like, that's all right, dude. I know it's just me and you out here, so I don't care. Yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, because you get caught with those on, man. You can get a sub- pretty severe fine, I would imagine. Oh, really? Yeah. I, mean, I guess, yeah, they're illegal. They're not really well, they're off-road lights, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, the off-road lights. And technically, I'm not sure state to state, but I know here in Michigan, you're only allowed to have six white lights pointed forward. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I'm so, sure you know, Jersey has something like that. Yeah, so if yeah. you have your headlights and, say, fog lights, well, there's four of the six. Mm-hmm. And then if yeah. you have, like, two little white corner lights, that's everything you can have. Jeez. Wow. No, so I just wanted to say, you know, how, like, the city folks kind of overreact when they get two feet of snow. I think it's – I work in the city, so I kind of understand what they go through. It's because there's no place for them to put oh, the snow. Yeah. yeah like, no for place. us in Jersey, they could just put it in a parking lot and put it in a big pile somewhere. But, I mean, walking through, like, all these, like, walking around all these big snow banks and and all the cars were buried in and and people are stupid i mean it's, you know pardon pardon my french pardon my reaction but i mean if you have that much snow two feet of snow or whatever and you have a normal car why would you b- try to even move it yeah I, I saw so many pictures of people and they're complaining that oh we can't plow your street because it's you know idiot tried to drive out of his parking spot got stuck right in the middle of the road and now the car's stuck yeah like what were you thinking? Crazy. Common sense just goes out the window. Yeah, it, it does. But eh. so let's go into the main topic. Build it bigger. Let's let's kind of pick your brains. You know, 
how did you how did you guys think of you know blowing up a regular FT you know plane and making it two hundred percent and nonetheless warbirds too which you know <laughs> everyone knows don't fly the best so like that's uh we we definitely have to give props probably to the original designers of the plane they knew a little bit about trying to get it to fly better yeah yeah for sure who's that that's Josh Bixler and David did Spitfire right. Yep, yeah, David Vinstall. Vinstall, awesome. So let's. Uh, yeah, so David, you... David, and Josh both did uh, 200 percent versions of their yeah, planes the... for their what their 400. 400 episode. Yep. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's that's probably what really pushed me over the edge and inspired me to actually build that Spitfire. Nice. Yeah, you did a hell of a job, dude. When I first, I, I remember following you uh, on Facebook. Or I don't think I was on Instagram at the time, but on Facebook, I remember seeing your progress and and seeing the, the 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 deep red coloring, and I was like, I know exactly what he did. He used that red rosin paper that we used to use for flooring, you know, back in the day. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I was like, this is really coming out great, man. And you took your time. You did a did you did oh. so many more details than I had on mine. I mean, mine was just like a two hundred percent version. You did mm-hmm. you, that. You did flaps and. Yeah, but that plane took me forever. Uh, I pretty much worked on it for about nine months. Um, wow. Yeah, if we have any baby. female. Yeah, <laughs> quite literally, if we have any female listeners. Um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't actually end up finishing it for Flight Fest. I was in the hangar with Peter for like two days, finishing up everything. Oh, that's right. I yeah, remember, I remember that. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it took quite a bit. and. Then I was too scared to fly it the first flight and got Peter to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, you're like, ah, oh, man. Just like, yeah, it's foam, but yeah, you put all this time in it. And yeah, it's almost worth more than if you if you went out and bought it at that point, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I mean, you and- did you did flaps. You did retracts. Um, you had that hatch, which I was been I was raving about yeah. this, the, the little hatch you made for the battery. I was like. Look at this build, this craftsmanship, man. This 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 guy did, man. It was it was awesome, dude. Yeah, definitely. All the wood reinforcement and everything. Just having to cover the whole plane with different paper, and I mean that must have took forever. Oh, that was that was individual sheets of foam board. I would take them, peel the paper off, cut oh, out no a way. piece of yeah, cut a piece of rosin paper out to fit over the top, and then. You know, sitting there coating it up with uh, polycrylic and mm-hmm. sticking it down. And I did have a little bit of an issue with it, though, is the, the paper didn't soak all the way through. So there's like this tiny gap uh, in between the paper itself in the thickness of the paper that is still just paper. Um, huh. And I, I learned that at Flight Fest. We had a little bit of dew come up at one of the nights and right. you could see the paper change color underneath. But it wasn't. You could touch it. Whatever it wasn't wet. Oh wow! Yeah. So oh, now you cool. made you made the wings one piece and just removable, right? Like the like you can actually do on the normal size if you want. Yeah, um, that's another one of my designs where the wing actually slides into the back of the fuselage and then pushes up, and there's a pin that goes through and locks it in up uh, okay. in front of the wing. Oh, nice. I'll have to get some photos of that. I'm pretty sure I got some somewhere. But, uh, yeah, I do that with both my normal size Spitfire and the 200%. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. 
You're going to show me that because I definitely, I'm going to rebuild a Spitfire, so I kind of want to do the split flaps and a couple of, you know, new things. Yeah, the wing remove, to have the wing removable like that, it makes it so much more easier to get in. And I've actually made a foam, like, capsule to hold the battery, and it's just a Velcro strap that covers over the Mm -hmm. front. So you slide the battery in, throw the Velcro over, good to go. Oh, wow, okay. CG's in the same spot every time. Nice. Nice, yeah. Yeah, I know that Steve had a, had a couple of questions about blowing up the size, the the plans to the larger size. Like, because when you yeah. start out, you have a quarter inch B fold or whatever, and you know where it is. Like, I know Steve had asked me, like, how did you know where to make that line on the inside or right. the outside? And I don't know what you did, Nick, but I uh, I just picked the I just picked one and went with it. I was like, okay, I'm doing it on the outside, you know, folding it over. Right. Yeah, actually, mine was quite easy because the Spitfire had David Vindestel's plans, which are given free. And Nerd Nick redesigned the plans a little bit and made some uh, adjustments for things. And I basically went back and forth between the two and was able to get mine just fine. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. How how hard was it to reinforce the plane to handle, like... The extra weight, the wingspan being so much bigger. I mean, you know, we're not using foam, you know, layered up foam spars sitting up and down in those, you know, like what did you guys do to reinforce it? Well, what I did was my biggest hang up was how am I going to, well, I had two hang ups really. How am I going to fit it in my Jeep, my two door Jeep Wrangler? <laughs> and, and how am I going to get the dihedral um, and the spar correctly? So right. what I did was I took, this was one of my my major problems. Like I knew folding the fuselage and getting all that set up, I could I could just like go from that starting part point, like make the fuselage and then cut out. I'm, what I made was like a an eight inch long box out of uh, quarter inch lawn, to almost like the power pod section. So the the motor bolted to that, and then I kind of put in foam pieces around it. But when I came to the wing and doing the dihedral, I had to kind of calculate. With the dihedral gauge that comes with the FT Mustang, I had mm-hmm. to kind of like ca- like calculate how long out that was going to be and how much more that had to be. But then I also had to reduce it by uh, three quarters because I was doing the um, the shear webbing on the wings. Like my wings would actually stick out a little bit from the fuselage, and then okay. my the the actual wing like stubs, and then the wings themselves would put would would slide into that and i would have to plug the servos in um just so i could transport it and i had two screws on each side coming up holding those wings in and that actually worked out good too because then those little stub pieces off the fuselage i i actually could mount the landing gear too and what i did is i just i just took quarter inch the one and i put it along the entire bottom of the wing uh on the little stubby pieces mm-hmm so I could mount the landing gear wherever I wanted at that point. So they actually went like right out to the wing, the edge of the of the connection point where the wings were. Right. Okay. Cool. So I took um I took poplar, and and like just figured out what angle I was going to make it as, and then started from there. Yeah, that kind of sounds like uh, how Bixler did the FT Cruiser two hundred percent. Kind of how he he's got the split three piece wing basically. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's what nice. I was thinking along the lines of, like like I said, A, I had to transport it in my, my Wrangler, and B, I just wasn't sure how I was going to do do that, you know, and get the dihedral. 
worked out great, man. And I've, I've, I haven't really flown that inverted too much because it's a warbird. But I've rolled it, I've looped it, and I haven't had any problems with it. Wish I got nice. the chance to do some of that. <laughs> <laughs> For me, uh, going through some of it, um, of course, David had his where it was completely foam. The wing, the spar, everything was still foam, mm-hmm. and. Of course, we see in a, one of the later videos of of him playing with it, he ends up cracking the wing and spiraling it right into the water. Yeah, didn't he do that uh, yeah. at an event? Like, uh, yeah, is it Seth, the South Southeastern Fun Fly, or something like that? Yeah, I believe it was. Yeah. It was either Seth or Joe Nolan. I'm pretty sure it was Seth. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I went to the plans and took a uh, uh, a couple. Measurements with it and found the angle I was gonna need and went out and bought some poplar wood and built up a I think it's an inch by inch or something yeah I think it's an inch by inch square and it pretty much runs all the way to the ends of the wingtips. Oh wow! Oh okay. Yeah, I stopped mine like halfway down the wing. Yeah, like I'm a foot or so in. No, mine you can you can like reach under the wingtip and you can feel. I actually uh, sanded away and took out a bunch of the wood so that it still kept the under cambered wingtips. Right, right. But you you can reach under there and if you have two people, you can pick it up right by the wingtips. Jeez, no problem. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, what about reinforcing the tail side? Like you know, I think Kevin, you said you doubled up the foam. Yeah, I wanted to do that um, just because. It's it's so big, like the your the tail elevator. I think works out to be like twenty inches. It's it's freaking huge. Mm-hmm. So wow, you could just see that flopping around if it was a single sheet. Oh yeah, definitely. So I doubled up, yeah, the the tail and the rudder. And I basically what I did was, if you were to take a normal fuselage and what I you know you, I'm doubling it up on the size. I'm blowing it up two hundred percent. You're folding mm-hmm. it over and you're doing your first fold. So now upside down, you have the two sides coming up. You have your little measurement for the, like I said, that wooden power pod. Once that's glued in, all I did was take like another sheet of foam on each side and basically go down the length of the fuselage. Okay. And glue it to the to each side, and then just take a knife and and cut off the the forms already there because you've already cut that out. Mm-hmm. So cut off the excess, and um, I did that all the way down. So that part's doubled, but the top section isn't doubled. It's like the only section I think on that thing that that isn't doubled up. So when you double up the foam, do you remove the paper or you just leave the paper on and double it up? No, I left the paper on. Yeah, if you leave the paper on on both of them when you put them together, the paper on the inside actually stays together better to make a hinge. Yeah, because you're you're always pulling perfectly with it, uh, so it won't peel away uh, from the foam. Ah, okay. Yeah, I think I learned that from. One of the one of the builds they had, probably the two hundred percent. Yeah, one one of the either it was the two hundred percent like tips or it was the actual video. One of them they said something like that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was the tip one. Oh, cool. How did you guys calculate the power system? Like, because I mean, yeah, you can <laughs> blow up the, you know, the plane to be two hundred percent, but I mean, did you just go double the size of the motor or like how you know double the amperage? I know we have two different answers for this question because I was doing 4S, and I know Nick was doing 6S, I think, right? Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> um, yeah, mine was pretty pretty up there. But, again, 
kind of got a little lucky. David Vindestor ran his on success and oh, had, right. so I had somewhat of a, an idea. Here's, here's what worked for a complete foam, uh, plane. Right. Mm-hmm. So I took some of it and figured out, okay, well with the motor he ran and the prop he ran, what was he getting? Or, you know, what's like the calculations of best case scenario of output? Right. Well, it was actually pretty much right where I needed to be to stick with the same, except for I was going to have a bit more amp draw because of the weight um, with all the wood supports I put in, which, of course, I lacked about midway down. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I was able to kind of pretty much use the same motor, same size prop, same pitch on the prop, and okay. out the ESC, and I was good to go. So what what did you go with? Let's uh, let's run some numbers here. Um, I needed at least like a hundred amp to get by with okay. some wiggle room, and I ended up finding I think it was like a hundred and twenty amp speed controller on Hobby King for a decent price. Wow, nice. Yeah. Yeah. See, I I guess I went the low budget route. Yeah. Or the yeah, I don't low. Know. I don't want to know what I spent. <laughs> Let's just put it this way. It could have helped me pay off some of the debt for school. Yeah. I mean, those success packs, I, I know how those things get expensive. So, yeah. yeah. But, dude, think about, like, people were, people went to Flight Fest with, you know, their, uh, you know, guys that were just starting out or whatnot, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and they get the chance to see, like, I, I don't want to sound like I'm an asshole, but, you know, you get a chance to see the work that Nick did and that other guy that he built. Another guy built one out of Depron. I, I don't even know if he flew it, but it was gorgeous, man. Oh, that one was yeah, there really was, nice. Yeah. So you get to was, see that. Uh, you get to see this kind of stuff, man. And it's like, you know, what, thanks, what Nick, for his? bringing that. to So, yeah. you know, you could see that, you know, the hard work the guys do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I can't remember exactly, but it, his wasn't 200%. 150 yeah. Oh, 150 was it? or 175, yeah. 175, 150. Yours. It was just, yeah, he, he didn't do a full 200%. Um, I think there was a guy who had a 200% and there was another guy that had like a 150% plane. And oh, yeah, there okay. was, those guys were both doing some pretty good work there too. Um, yeah, I saw some amazing stuff, man. Yeah. But um, I can tell you my little story. I don't know if you're you're done, Nick. Did you go into the, oh, you went into the ESC, right? 120? Yeah, Is what you found. And you went yeah. 6S and... 6S. What was that? Yeah, what prop, prop did you run? Uh, it's a 20 by 10. Um, oh, my God. Wooden... Let me pull it off the back wall. Uh, an Aerostar. 20 okay. by 10. Uh, wooden prop. 10. And uh, I have the broken one um, in my hand. I keep it on the wall as a reminder. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, wooden prop. The motor is a... 50, hang on, I got it right here on my desk, 50, 65, 280 KV. Wow. Yeah. Damn, dude. That's like a 90 equivalent? Something Probably like something that. like that? Wow. I'm just thinking, and, you know, because when I, when I think about motor sizes, I, I know it from the helicopter side, and, I mean, I think I'm running like a 45 50 or 4530 or something like that in my Goblin 700 and that's just that stator is just so much bigger <laughs> wow yeah I mean I put a lot a lot of effort into it um, ESC 
Yeah, it's 120 amp. The uh, six to twelve S. It's a deluxe uh, Turnigy Deluxe ESC. Wow. Okay, I got one of those. I got a, only a, a measly fifty-five one, amp one, but yeah, those are pretty cool. Yeah, nice. and then of course I've got uh, some BECs within it. Uh, I believe there was four of them that I ran. There was one dedicated to the receiver. Um, one dedicated to the elevator and aileron. And then two of them in the wing uh, dedicated for each side. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And those were Turnigy Ubix. They ran um, 5 to 7.5 amp. Okay. Up, and they would take like a 3 to 10 S. Huh. I wonder if it had just been simpler getting like a, a Castle Pro BC, which does 20 amps, I think. And maybe just getting one or two of those. Just, I mean, just for wiring sake, was, I imagine like that many BCs, that many, you know, wires running back to your battery and, you know, well, servos, that's got to be pretty, I mean, crazy. Actually, not really. Now that goes back to my electrical engineering. Um, there you go. I've, right. <laughs> I've actually, you know, I've used the hobby. I've been a hobbyist for electrical engineering. For, I don't know, since I was 15, 14. Um, so you can do the math, 25 now, sure, almost yeah. 20 years. Uh, I've wait, wait, how much? That will be 10 years, dude. <laughs> It'll be 10 or, years. No, what are you <laughs> you said 20 years. 20 years. <laughs> I'm thinking of my age, 25. Holy crap. <laughs> wow. How late is it? Oh, it's just it's not late at all, dude. <laughs> No excuse. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Okay. So um, uh, so I went in and got uh, plugs uh, from DigiKey and actually made up my own wiring harness for it. So technically, I only have the two wires coming off the battery, and then it splits again, and I basically just branch off my wiring, and I have only one plug to plug in the wing. Right. Um, you know, Power, uh, ground, and then the signal wires. Mm-hmm. Wow, so man. everything is split. There's not like a ton of wires going from the battery wherever. It's it's yeah. all pretty tidy inside. Nice. I thought I was getting crazy with six 18-inch extensions, man. <laughs> I can't believe you had all that in there, man. Oh, no. See, yeah, I went on Hobby King and, you know, luckily for their prices, I bought like a ton of servo wire just a roll of servo wire and ran some of my own stuff for signaling and whatnot and wow and then i bought some thicker gauge stuff for running the power throughout the whole thing damn dude i went to altitude hobbies my favorite place and i got their suppo 4130 it's a 430 kv motor and that's like a power 60 equivalent um which I think I got, I I used that on another plane that was supposed to be a gasser, and I wound up uh, trashing that one. And uh, so I said, all right, I'll just throw this thing on on the Mustang, you know, when I build it. And I think I have a sixty amp BSC or sixty or seventy. I think it's I think it's a sixty actually. Um, but I can remember to I can remember bench testing it. So I figured, all right, I'm blowing everything up to two hundred percent, right? Everything's two hundred percent larger. The prop I'm running on my on my Spitfire. I had never built a an FT Mustang regular size, so I don't even know what the hell they flew like. 
Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't even. I said, I think they just came out with the Mustang, and I was thinking, you know, I got to do something huge for for Flight Fest. I got to do something big. So I I figure everything's two hundred percent. I'm running an eight four prop on my my Spitfire. I'll run a sixteen eight prop on my Mustang. You're running a twenty ten for crying out loud. So I took this Power sixty, and um, I was going to do four S battery because that's I think that was the biggest battery I had at the time, mm-hmm. a four S four thousand um, milliamp. And uh, I I remember bolting it down to my bench, putting this giant prop on there, hooking it up to a receiver, and I started to I started to give it a little you know throttle, and dude, it scared the crap out of me so bad that I went halfway up the stairs, still looking down into my garage, and I was hiding behind all my winter jackets that were hanging up, and I started giving this thing like half throttle, and it was like almost dragging my bench across the the floor. I was like, holy crap. So I put a watt meter on it, and I think I I got up to 60 watts, and and that was was half throttle with that giant prop on there, and I was like, oh, this is not going to be good. So I... I took a chance and I had got, I think I went down, I went down to my local hobby store in Kenville and I bought a 13.6 and a 13.7. I bought some 13 inch props and I think that's what I'm running on here now. I'm running a 13.6 or 7 on there. But yeah, I, dude, I cannot tell you the noise that thing made and I was like, holy (laughs) crap, man. Yeah. It was crazy. I was like, if this thing cuts loose, man, I want to be nowhere near it. I was like, "Geez, it's gonna be chasing me around the garage." <laughs> oh, I yeah, oh, man. So I did no calculations except for hooking a watt meter up to it. Yeah, did, I didn't. Uh, I didn't hook up a watt meter, and I don't know exactly what I pull. Um, I do know that these motors definitely can put out some power. And like at Flight Fest, when I did my run up test before taking off, even with the elevator uh, or the horizontal stabilizer actually pushing up against your ankles, it wants to pull you forward. Yeah, I think I had a chance to see Pete fly yours, but I didn't get a chance to see when you when you were flying yours. Yeah, like we were hoping time. to fly together. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. we'll we'll have another chance. I, yeah. I don't think I'm going to take mine up uh, unless you're there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go tandem, just you know, back to back. Let's do it. Both take Some, off right after another. Yeah, maybe as long <laughs> as they're airworthy. Yeah, which one of them is and one of them is not. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, so now that you guys had this build, you flew it, and I know, Kevin, you flew it a bunch of times, you know, um, what would what if you, you know, what would you do different if you had to build another one? More What's supports. That? Yeah, more supports. <laughs> yeah, your, yours, I, man, I still remember, I still remember you walking back, and I'm just like, oh, Nick's walking back because, you know. 200% Spitfire. Like, yeah, and then, then oh, you notice the tail's like wet. Oh, wait, why is the tail broken down? Oh, yeah, no. Like, the nose is pointed down and the tail was pointed down. It was like up over his yeah. shoulder. Right, yeah. like just like oh. touch over. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, what happened? And I think you said like um, you had a brownout, right? Or you just kind of. No, lost. I had a had dead stick. I had still had oh. control. Oh, so you uh, had control, but you lost the motor. Okay. Had no throttle whatsoever. Uh, as I was coming into land, uh, yeah, worst part, worst part to lose power, I think, especially on the Warbird. But um, oh, okay. I think what I would. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no. What about you? What would you uh, have done different? 
I think I would uh, wouldn't go the minwax and paint route because it. I don't know. I don't like the way that f- the f- it finishes. And I know there's some guys out there that do a sand coat. And uh, I I saw it at Flight Fest 15. Man, there was one guy I actually got a chance to fly with, um, with my my regular sized Mustang, the red one. Um, mm-hmm. He had a Spitfire, and we were just we were we were like flying formations around for a while. Once he landed, I was checking out some of his builds, and they were amazing. And he told me it was all min wax and paint, and he told me the secret was to to sand in between, you know, uh, after the primer. So, but I don't think I would do that um, if I did another one. I think I would go the the tape route just to see how that came out. I think that's because that would look pretty amazing. Because you know, it looks good on the small models, blown up, you would you would see less of the, the layering of the tape, I think, and it would right. probably look pretty kick-ass. Yeah, I wanted to have mine painted, but just didn't get done in time. I mean, I think it would be cool to like, maybe even try uh, just regular airplane covering, you know, to give it that kind of painted, glossy look, too. Yeah. I know a lot of folks uh, do that, so that's, that sounds pretty cool. Like that ugly stick I was talking about, that I do with the, I layered that with the purple tape, and man, mm-hmm. once once you're like six feet away from that, you can't even see the the layers anymore. It's just it looks right. like it's all one color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, everyone at Flight Fest thought mine was painted anyway, so. Oh, did they? Yeah, I thought yeah. so. Everyone pretty much was like, "Well, what'd you paint it with?" Like I didn't paint it with anything. <laughs> it's just the paper. Uh, yeah, it was quite a few questions on that, and course that always led into you know changing it up and changing out papers and using different techniques and i almost want to try just the polycrylic on uh, on the normal foam board and see what it does because it leaves it with a decent finish that i'm pretty sure you could paint on really easily oh yeah i remember carrying mine down to the big flight line i w- we were parked kind of up by the the um, what were they calling that section steve the amateur section or the New the pilot, beginner, the beginner, beginner section. flight line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, beginner flight line. So I remember carrying it down to do one flight down at the the main flight line, and uh, I took off and I was flying around and just having a good time. And then when I landed, I guess people had like a couple of people had like were behind me and they started yeah, clapping. gathered up. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh my god, people are clapping. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I was like, oh thanks, you know. I was like, that was oh. crazy. I was like, I yeah. would that that I wasn't expecting. I was like, wow, man, that that's your story of it. Oh, I got way more special treatment for some reason then. Did you? And I I don't know why they rolled the red carpet um, out. Not only <laughs> did they like roll the red carpet out, like I start walking up and people start landing their planes. Like I'm not ready to fly or oh, take off or cool. anything. People yeah, are landing yeah. their planes, getting out of the way, whatnot, as if I was like Peter and his giant uh, capybara. Like I, oh, I like to dude, call it. That's freaking awesome. Yeah, that's cool, man. That's too I, cool. You know, yeah. I go to call out, you know, taking off, and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden there's just, you know, 20 people, you know, keep yelling down both sides of the line, you know, that I'm taking off and whatnot. And, yeah, nice. it was it was awesome. Oh, that's that's really a testament to the people that were there, man, because yeah. everybody there was cool, really cool. Yeah, they, they definitely had a lot of respect for some of the builders that took their time, and it, it was amazing. That's cool, um, man. If anyone has video of the crash, please, I want to see it. <laughs> oh, you know? Yeah, I would love to see what exactly happened and how it came in, you know? Um, 
I don't know how the depth perception of it was, but I, it looked like I was going to just chew someone's plane up uh, on okay. landing. Um, coming in for landing, and I, it, it really looked like I was going to chew them up. So I nosed up, got some altitude, and I realized I'm losing speed like crazy. Motor's not spinning up. Oh. Nose it back down, try to regain speed. As soon as I flare, it starts to tip stall. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Grabbed the wingtip, spun it so fast it ripped one of the landing gear out and cracked the fuselage in half. Wow. You'll have a rebuild though for next year, right? Or for this year, I should say. Uh, I'm trying. Um, I've got to figure out a few techniques, like like I said, with the tail. I've got mm-hmm. quite the warping going on with the horizontal stabilizer and the rudders. Actually, got a bit of a curl to it. Oh wow! Okay. Um, if I can get those straightened up and redo the whole pull pull lines that got ripped out, I should be good to go. Right, right, yeah, because you had a different setup. You didn't just use normal push rods. You went pull-pull cables, right, for all your yeah. control surfaces? Yes, oh, I did. Damn, dude. It, it took me quite a bit of time to make sure I was running the tubes, the guide tubes correctly. Mm-hmm. Man, it oh. seems like I just slapped mine together compared to yours, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's just just a little out. bit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So uh, do you guys have plans for another big plane? Um, we've kind of talked about it a little bit. Uh, I don't know how far Kevin's gone, but we were talking about building 200 or roughly the same size Corsairs. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't gotten too far. (laughs) Um, I got into the part where I was completely, uh, I'm starting from scratch, completely starting to draw out plans myself. Uh, Oh, okay. Old school pencil, paper, ruler, Mm -hmm. whatnot. Um, Pretty much I've got some of the angles set for, like, the wing uh, that I, a little tweaking still needed. And I've bought the, the the wood for a spar, and that's pretty much as far as I've gotten. Oh, cool. I see yeah. that's interesting because when we built – well, we didn't know we were building them together. But when, when we, we each built our own 200% version of the FT planes, you kind of went with David and I kind of kind of – I, I want to say I just winged it, but I don't, that's not going to sound <laughs> right. I just kind of kind of went how I wanted to go with it and right. came up with the, with the plane. And this time, I'm going to be going by plans more. I'm going to do the same thing, and and you're, mm-hmm. I'm but I'm going to use um. There's a guy named Alp on the on the flight test forum, okay. Uh, and he's built a a regular size Corsair that was gorgeous, man. Real simple. It's the black right. one. It's the black okay. one with the Marines logo on it. I may have seen that one. Um, probably going to have to go look it back up, take a look at yeah. it. Yeah, that was the I, guy I got the idea for the steerable tailwheel from because he did that on his Corsair. And the, and the Corsair looked great, man. And it looked simple. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to take his plans and blow them up and do the same kind of thing, like probably do the wings and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was hoping to have a steerable tailwheel on the Spitfire, but... Again, time crunch. It was, what does yeah. it need to fly? Yeah. Right, right. Oh, that's cool, man. That's cool. Real cool, guys. That would be killer, though, to see two giant two Corsairs, Corsairs flying around. That would be freaking yeah. crazy, man. Oh, I I can't wait for that. Hopefully, I'll be able to get into that. But as a college student, it takes quite a bit of money just to go to school. Yeah, no, no doubt. 
Yes. Let's go into our news section. Um, my, I don't know. I feel like this is my least favorite section these days. Um, I don't have any news, so I'll just leave it to you guys. Let's see. If well, you guys I would have, have never news. guessed, dude, because you took <laughs> plain telly and multi rotor individually, and we cut it down to now news in plain telly yeah. and multi rotor. And yeah, now you're like, you know. ah. yeah, yeah. You know, there's enough podcasts where people talk about new items. So I just kind of like, you know, shooting a, you know, just talking, kind of like Firestar. Just, you know, we're just chatting and, you know, doing well, whatever. So, yeah, it's it's one of those subjects that if there's no news, you don't really need it. If there's yeah. nothing really to talk about. Yeah. Well, but I, there are some news. Yeah. Sorry, Kevin, man. You got something? Yeah, I noticed that uh, Hobby King put out the Tundra and uh, it was 150 bucks. I know that. There was a lot of speculation whether it was going to be, you know, 150 to some people were saying like two, 225. And okay. um, I originally, man, thought, yeah, I'm going to get this. It looks really cool. I don't know if, if you don't know what it is. It's more like uh, the high wing beaver type plane. Yeah, like uh, a bushwhacker type bushwhacker, of like yeah. stole. Yeah. But I think I'm going to save my money and get the Corsair I was talking about from Hobby, uh, from Horizon Hobby. Nice. Yeah, that comes out because that seems like it'll be uh, pretty cool. I'm I don't know. I'm I'm kind of like the dog that's been burnt by the electric fence a few times, and now I don't want to like go near Hobby King for their planes. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I know guys have reviewed it and they say it's okay, but man, I saw that with a couple other their planes that I that I picked up. Yeah, is is that a Durafly plane? Uh, is that part of the airline? The Durafly. I don't line? know, man. It looks like a really nice plane. I mean, it it looks really scale it looks mm-hmm. really like they put a lot of time and effort into it but i'm just you know they did that to me with the p40 <laughs> right so i'm kind of like you know leery against it i don't know i'd have i'll have to look and see if that's durfly i'm not sure i don't know about the uh the, the tundra i mean it, it looks like a really nice plane but uh i've got the beaver and I don't know what really is going to be the difference between them, other than right. the, the flaps go a little further. Um, yes, it is a it is a Dwarfly model. It is okay. Yeah, yeah. And if you got the Beaver, dude, you know, I I wouldn't even bother with this thing, man. Yeah. No, I don't think I'm going to get it, but it does look like a nice plane. It lo- looks like they took their time to design it up correctly and get it to work properly. Yeah, yeah. I heard Stewart took a. You know, he really, really wanted to make this plane, you know, his kind of like his baby. Like, I want to do this, do this. It has to have enough power to just hang it off the prop and everything. Like, you know, he really had a lot of input on this. And hopefully, you know, we'll see. I might get it. I don't know. But, dude, he works for – you got to take it all with – Oh, of course. A grain of salt or you got to take it for where it's coming from. I mean, he works for mm-hmm. Hobby King. I don't know if he's a sales guy. If he's not, he should be because he's pretty good at – Talking up the, oh. the product. <laughs> he, he can talk up a product pretty sure, well. Yeah, sure. of course. Uh, so how about you, Nick? You got anything? Uh, I've seen a few little news articles that are talking about the Dutch police training eagles to catch drones out of the air. Oh, my God. Poor yeah. Man. Yeah, and this is like a slash facepalm moment, dude, because mm-hmm. as soon as I saw that, I said, with the animal rights people in, in the United States, I was like, this will never happen here. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. It's like, what, what's it going to take for one of these birds to go up and grab a multi-rotor and, you know, it gets cut up and whatnot, killed? And yeah. What's it going to fall on, you know, between the bird and the multi-rotor? Because probably they're both going to go down at that point. Mm-hmm. 
you know, land on someone's property or maybe yeah. in a street or something. Yeah. And I saw the video. It's, it's It was like, I think it was a DJI, right? Like a Phantom size yeah. clock. I mean, yeah, okay. You know, he grabs it. Cool. Wow, it worked. But I mean, if you're talking about like an S900, you know, hex, it's swinging oh, carbon fiber, you know, 12 inch, 13 inch blades, like, that's going to do some damage because it's going to catch a foot and then catch the rest of the bird and the rest of the yeah, dude. motor props. That's You're going to have drumsticks for dinner, dude, is what's <laughs> going to happen. I mean, yeah. I, I saw that video too, Nick, and I, I saw that, you know, from the wrists of the, the bird, they had these long, you know, hanging probably leather straps that they, you know, they tied a bird to the guy's arm or I don't know what they do with birds. But that could have been what originally went into the problem. Oh, Slow yeah, it yeah. down, I was thinking. Yeah, okay, but I don't know. That, that, that little just, leash on their foot, yeah. I see so many bad scenarios with that. Like one bird oh, yeah. they get on on TV, you know, and then they got a whole these environmental wackos. We have to ban quads for crying out loud and or, you know, drones, that's what they'll say. Right, yeah. You know, over the – I mean, geez, you can't drill in – you don't want me to get into my rants, dude. <laughs> and here's uh, rant number two now. <laughs> yeah, it's another hour's yeah, number. We'll just, so screw it. You know, we'll, we'll just edit it out. Harry we'll Reid. Harry Reid had had wanted to get those people off that property because probably uh-huh. because he owed the Chinese money, and he <laughs> was saying there were some endangered species that he they needed to get off the property for, but yet he overlooked 15 miles away when there was another endangered species that he he built on that property that he had, and it was no big deal. I mean. Sure. I, I can reference that if you want. I know people will be like, what are you talking about, jackass? But I, I can back <laughs> it up. But, I mean, yeah. my point is they already use that kind of stuff for political gain, and they already use that stuff to just get what they want. I mean, that's just more ammunition for the yeah. the, the two-toed freaking eagle. I mean, that's yeah. number one, I don't think it would ever happen. I mean, that's yeah, like training either. puppies to oh. disarm bombs, dude. It's not going to happen right. in the United States. Well, we'll see how far they take it, and there's there's definitely scenarios where I, I don't think it'll work. Uh, yeah. The video they show, it's just hovering. Um, you know, you get up against, like, a race squad or something. Oh. Or especially if you get one of the drones that's set up. I don't even know why I'm calling it drones. It's just a multi-rotor set up to ho- hold a large camera. You get one of those, that bird's hmm? toast. Yeah, that's, well, that's what I mean. Well, that's what yeah, like Steve said. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. just a... It's not going to last. And, I mean, animals aren't that stupid. Or, or, you know, that thing gets clipped by, by no matter what it's trained to do. That thing gets mm-hmm. clipped by a, uh, and gets its, uh, you know, f- knuckle cut off or whatever. Yeah. I'm sure it's not going back there. Oh, probably right? not. Now, that kind of brings up, um, I think it was in Japan where they would have, like, I think they were testing out some net system. Not the one that they did on flight test where it shoots out a, you know, projectile net. But, like, it would, like... In a flight path, we just drop a net down and if basically fly the quad into the other quad on the net. I don't know if you guys saw that video, but oh right, like it was hanging that. from the first quad. Yeah, it was hanging yeah. from the first quad. It's just oh it just yeah, seems so ridiculous. Like, yeah, okay. I don't know. Some of this is just weird. And with yeah. that flight test video on that, mm-hmm. uh, there was a few issues I had with them talking about the scenarios in which they were going to use it, like over crowds or whatnot. <laughs> You've got weights. There's weights on the and the corners to be able right. to mm-hmm. keep that net open and moving forward, and then it's gonna grab a quad and just 
where's it going to go? Straight down Straight into the down. Yep. <laughs> crowd of people. Here's a quad in a net. Um, I, I don't see that being completely safe. You know what I see as being safe is going out and punishing these people that are actually like that idiot that flew it in a tennis match and got it stuck in the stands. It's like go out and yeah. punish him. Make him an example. Did it, didn't he use – who's a school teacher? Didn't he use the excuse that, oh, he wasn't anywhere near it, but he lost control and it went that way? Well, so what, dude? You walk out of your house and you, you fire your, your ammunition up into the air and it kills somebody. You can't use that excuse. You know, right. I just fired into the air. And that's very true. Going. Right. <laughs> you know, that, yeah. that's what I'm saying. I mean, just punish these people that are being idiots. Well, mm-hmm. isn't that technically what the FAA is trying to – do i mean it, they haven't yeah. come out with anything i've seen lately about any safety aspect I mean, no. yeah they have some guidelines or whatever but it's pretty much just set up to allow them to be able to charge people money or put them in jail if they do something wrong it's just to monitor us the hobbyists because you know i know everyone said this but the folks that do this stuff aren't going to put the number on or aren't going to register so it makes no bearing in, in that sense so Maybe it's yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's it's along the same lines of charging uh, tax on on illegal substance like pot. So when you do get caught, you get caught not only for possession, but you caught for tax evasion too because you didn't pay taxes on it. I don't know. Maybe it's along those lines. <laughs> That's kind of far, but okay. <laughs> you know, like I'm saying, like if I don't put if I don't register and I don't put my number on on you know I don't have a number to put on anything and I want to go fly over a tennis match and I get caught. All right, well now I'm. Now, not only am I getting fined, but I'm getting fined for not registering, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, maybe that's the large part of the fine. You were flying and you didn't register. Who knows? Uh, it's, it's a possibility, but, you know, I've heard it said somewhere else before. Can't think of who said it, but, you know, putting it on the battery if we have to. Yeah, I think that's yeah. what we're going to wind up doing. That's what I'm going to do. Because mm-hmm. then if you really have a crash, it's just up in flames. What number? Yeah. Yeah. And it's ridiculous, man. I, I've gone down a whole... A cop's going to bust my chops, and I'm going to say, what law are you citing? You don't have a law because the FAA can't write a law. It can be a regulation, yeah, but it still has to go through yeah. Congress to be an actual law. So, I yeah. mean, I've been saying that the whole time. But, like I said, too, our, our club is pretty kick-ass, and I want to continue flying there. So, if they want me to do it, I guess I'm going to have to. Yeah, But I'm not know. doing I'm... it on my own PC. <laughs> I'm doing it on my own Right, right. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I've been uh, I've been quite aware of what's been going on. We're trying to watch a little bit here and there. Uh, I haven't been able to really get into any AMA clubs, um, mostly because I don't always have something uh, flight worthy. But now most of the f- flight clubs around me are well within the radius of an airport that I, we don't even know if they're going to get shut down or they're going to stay open. All right. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, they did it to Washington, D.C. I mean, who knows how far to go with that? Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm where I, where I live. Uh, I'm within a mile, mile and a half of an airport, a major airport. Oh, geez. Your house? Yeah. yeah like my live? house. Oh, wow. I don't really care if people know the roundabouts of where I live. Uh, Detroit Metro Airport is literally within two miles of me. Jeez. Um, it's it's one of those things I can safely fly in my house or around my house mm-hmm. with smaller planes. Um, flight test models is probably about where the, it maxes out on size. Uh, there's a lot of trees around, whatnot. 
you know, you don't really go too much higher than the trees. You've got no issues with anything. Sure. Uh, on the rare occasion you get, like, president comes through or something, you get helicopters that fly through. Mm-hmm. But that's pretty much all you get. I was going to say, you should get yourself something like uh, the Twisted Hobbies, like Crack Beaver or Crack Pits, and those you can keep really close. Yeah. I don't know if you had to. If you have to have if you had to go to a baseball field or something like that. Yeah. yeah. No, I've I've got a park that's luckily even with the size increase around airports that the FAA is recommending. Um I've got a, a nice park not too far that's just outside the limits where I can fly. Okay. And, and I know um, that, that video of me flying the beaver that you've seen. Kevin. Oh, all right. Yeah, that field looks pretty yeah. good. Yeah, that's like four or five soccer fields and there's a baseball diamond and Oh, that's nice. Right, right. Yeah. Nice. So as long as no kids are playing, I can go up and fly. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. So uh, what will you guys be working on next? Um, what will you be working on next, Steve? Well, for me, I'm going to be – I'm waiting to get – Kevin Matusik 30 inch Raiden. I want to. I'm gonna definitely the bigger version too. But uh, you know, I think we spoke about it in the last episode. I want to do a comparison with the Arrow and this because you know they use the same power system and I think as far as like the wingspan, they're very similar. So I think it'd be nice to kind of do a you know either a forward sweeping wing or a backward sweeping wing. You know? Yeah, so I think that's an cool. awesome idea. I'm gonna get the exact same um, transmitter and, and camera. Like, I'm either okay. going to get another one or I'm going to set it up to where I can take it out of uh, the arrow and put it in the, the 30 Neat inch. Neat idea. Make a power pod version. Yeah. Yeah. Or I'm going to do something like pod. that. Hmm? Yeah. Because nice. I think that's an awesome idea. Yeah. Yeah. We should, I should do that too because I need, I don't know if I want to spend more money on FPV gear at this moment. I like FPV, but it's, uh, I'm still kind of scared and about flying. I'm scared. <laughs> Without <laughs> peripheral vision. I don't know. It just feels weird. You know, to me, but uh, I still have to get used. I just gotta put, I just gotta put some flight time into it. Steve, you got a 3D printer? You can make up a little power pod type. Yeah, yeah he's already done it. Yeah, he's printed think, us uh, yeah. the the mini 3D uh, mini mini 3D printed uh, firewalls. Yeah, yeah. I Fire found wall. someone who modded uh, modeled up the uh, control linkages, the flight the flight test style. Mm-hmm. And I've been printing a few of those out, whatnot, and. Nice. Yeah, I designed my own control horns or whatever. Yeah, um, those they work. They're great, um, and they're a little bit thicker than the normal ones, but that's fine. I kind of like it better than using like credit card style because I can bend the do the Z bend or the modified Z bend a lot more precise. What because it's a little bit bigger in the in the middle portion of the Z bend, right? Which fits uh you know I, I don't know if it's like maybe three eighths uh, thickness on the control horn, so it works out really well for that. Besides yeah. that, um, I'm gonna be I'm I'm finally gonna get my Goblin 700 back in the air. Uh, I missed that. Hell yeah! You know, I looked at the battery packs and how many times I've cycled those batteries, and I've only flown that ten times. I've already flown the uh, Goblin 570 14 times. Wow! And I've had it only a couple of months, I guess I would say. I don't, I don't exactly remember. Yeah, I think it was like three, four months I've had it. So I definitely want to get that bird and, and back in the air and. You know, with what I've been doing on all my helis, I want to do that on the 700s and just, I don't know. I think it's just going to be awesome looking and probably expensive. But um, the other thing I want to do, I mean, I guess mostly heli-related stuff here besides 
the comparison video stuff. Um, I want to get an Oxy Three. I'm thinking about getting another one and doing maybe just a sport version, and that'll be my you know beat up like let's crash this, let's try whatever on this. Heli- yes. And then take my current Oxy Three Cube and make it a plus and stretch it to the two eighty five millimeter blades. So I should let know. you fly mine. Next time we're out there, because you you'll probably notice a difference. I wouldn't pro- really notice that much of a difference. I guess I don't know. You you've flown a lot more than me, so you should try flying my my two eighty five just to yeah, definitely. You know, see if you if you like it, if it if it's worth it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'll take you up on that for sure. Um, and another thing, I just I just added this. Uh, so I've been talking to to uh, I guess I'll say his name. I've been talking to Chris Rybert. Um, a lot recently off Facebook and Instagram and stuff. And we were actually just chatting before this podcast. We're just texting each other. And, you know, I was, he was, I was talking about, you know, the V control and, you know, is is it really worth it? Like what's, what's his take on it? And I saw that he flies with V control and just kind of get his opinion on it. And, you know, and then I, and then I mentioned, and I'm sorry, Chris, if you're listening, um, I mentioned, yeah, you know, I want to get it, but I don't have the money. But if I do get it, I want the white one. And he was like, oh, yeah, I forgot they released the white one. And he sends me a picture, and I see it. You know, he's on uh, Mikado's site, and it's $850 for that radio. Holy crap, man. About five minutes later, or maybe ten minutes later, he's like, all right, I bought it. And I'm like, no. you What? Didn't. No, you did it. <laughs> I think I just that's the exact thing I wrote. No, you did it. <laughs> and he's like, Yes, I did. Right. <laughs> Hopefully he doesn't listen to our podcast with his wife. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Throwing him saying, under the bus. Because <laughs> Steve's in big trouble if yeah, he if he sorry. does. No, I think he said he listens to it while he works. Uh this NRCHN. So um but his V control is up for sale once he gets that in, so Oh jeez, dude! And you know the price seems very reasonable, so you know I might have to. I just hope you V control guys don't laugh at me when I show up with my with my DX9, dude, and be like, "Oh, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing with that Spectrum, dude?" Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I I, I love icons and I love my DX9, but because I'll tell you right now, anybody opens up their mouth, I, I might <laughs> there might be a, a brownout. Sometime <laughs> when there's a helicopter sorts. near, near, yeah. No, but hey, um, that, oops, that's spectrum okay. brownout. Sorry, that's, uh, that's okay. I'm still rocking the Eternity 9X. Dude, that's, that's a good radio. Yeah, I've heard great things about yeah. that, man. Yeah, I wouldn't know the first thing about it, like programming it or anything, but I've heard that that's a really nice. Oh, it like radio, dude. Out of the box, it's an okay starter radio. Mm-hmm. Um. It's it's not much. It's yeah, but you it's can very it. yeah. The stock firmware is what's really holding it back. Right. Um. You put OpenTX on it. It opens it up incredibly. Uh, oh wow! I didn't know you could even do that. Yeah, I think yeah. It, compared to like um, what's the FR Sky one? The uh, the one that everyone says you have to get. Um, the Tyrannus. Tyrannus. Yes. I heard it's like it becomes almost to that level where like you can program everything on it. Yeah, oh, nice. it's it's pretty much at that point. Um, not quite. The Tyrannus still has quite a bit on this. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just actually 
went back in and remodded it to allow for uh, telemetry talk. Nice. So I can actually get some battery voltages and not just fly around until it's like, oh, okay, dead stick. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool, man. That's that's real cool, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Of course, you have to get a, a different transmitter to go in the back to that actually allows for that. Right, the module? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, see, that's something I'm not too... I don't know. I, I I'm not into is the whole module swapping thing because I'm thinking, for oh. me that that would be just another thing that would go wrong and I'd be like, crap, it's this freaking module, and you know I don't know. Now I have had issues with a module and it's a Spectrum module. Um, but is but it yeah. an RX? No, it's an actual Spectrum. Oh. JR module that I had and. Okay. Um. Actually, from swapping it in and out, the pins, uh, the actual piece that grabs onto the pins mm-hmm. to make connection got loose. Oh, and geez. when you were flying around, if you kind of wiggled the controller a little bit and it moved, it would shut off on you. Ugh, stop transmitting. Uh, but wow. I don't know. To be able to take, you know, just a Turnigy 9X and swap in a module that's Spectrum, and then you can pick up any bind and fly Spectrum. Mm-hmm. Right. plane and fly it around and yeah it's it's quite nice to have the modules instead of having five or six different radios that's true yeah see i talked about it with the guys from the flight test community cast uh about you know where where i was when i got into the hobby and like spectrum was kind of the big the big name brand to get into so i started with a dx6 and a lot of bind and fly there's a lot of pluses to that yeah and and now you know you've got the Tyrannus, you've got the the Turner G9X, and you've got Gropner. You've got all these other different guys that are right. coming out with, with stuff. I don't know. I, I could be – it might just be my own opinion, but it seems like a lot of guys got into the hobby with the DX6 and or the Futaba. XXI. Right. Or They're Futaba, yeah. Stuck with Futaba from <clears throat> their right. old school yeah. days of flying. and Yeah. Right, right, right. Because mm-hmm. Futaba was huge with the RC cars and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Well, they're huge all over. The, like, I mean, my first, you know, and they're solid. I mean, that's a solid platform. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, it it's kind of like um, whoever was around you or wh- whoever inspired you into the hobby, whatever they were using, seems like that's a lot of people's first pick. Yeah. So, yeah, very true. Well, for me, uh, my first pick is because when I started as a kid, I bought everything from Tower Hobbies, so that was all same. Futaba. You know. Yeah. Same here. I've yeah, got. So. Old school Futaba pistol grip controller and mm-hmm. still yeah. running the seventy some megahertz. Yeah, seventy two or the twenty seven with your mm-hmm. FM or AM, right? Well, I think for me it was I I started with that oh, dude. I I probably still have it, or I might have just thrown it away. The cheap Chinese one that I had with no expo, no yeah. nothing. Yeah, uh, it was. Uh, I can't even remember. It. I have to look it up. It's the one the puppet told me to get. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I started with that, and then as soon as I figured out Expo, I mean, I must say it a hundred times, man. As soon as I figured out, you know, what Expo was and how much that helps a new guy, it just totally. It was a totally different world. When I can remember flying that, or flying using that system, whatever it is, the cheap one on my baby blender, and actually getting it to fly and and doing a decent time flying it, um, a couple of flights and smashing it, and then once I got the 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 DX6. Mm-hmm. And 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 changed over that. I was just like, this is freaking awesome, man! It was so much better. Nice, yeah. I mean, Expo. I don't know. I mean, 
I don't know how folks get into the hobby. I mean, I understand that like, there's a learning curve to know what Expo is, but I mean, you need that. Like, if you're a beginner, you want to buy something, you have to have Expo. Well, if you're a beginner and you show up to a club, dude, don't be afraid to ask a guy, hey, yeah. would you mind setting up Expo for me and, and just start out at 30%, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. and uh, and Flight Test does a great explanation yep. by setting up servos and showing you the stick movements and the servos, the servos relationship to that stick movement. Right. They have a great video on that. It explains it all. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, don't feel don't feel intimidated. Ask a guy to set up and probably be more than happy. Oh, definitely. And if they're yeah. assholes, leave the club. Get out of there. Yeah, you know yeah. that club's not for you. No, that's fine. Yeah, come to Flight Test and anyone who's in a volunteer shirt, ask us. Oh, dude, probably ask anybody. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Like, ask yeah. anyone. It's just, Pretty much, but I know yeah. I just walk up and down the flight line, and I'd have that volunteer shirt on, and i get, you know, little kids would come up, and, can you maiden my plane for me? Can you maiden it? It's like, I don't want to wreck some little kid's plane. Yeah. And yeah. They'll sit there and beg you to just take it up, just try it. And I know. That, you know, it's got to be fantastic for Bixler to see everything that, has come out of the whole flight test and even even chad capper and all the guys that are involved but dude especially bixler like talking to him he's like he flies everybody's planes like everybody wants to be made made in their his their planes they want yeah. him to, to make oh, yeah. their planes so it's like man it's got to be pretty stressful to him too you know probably to a point but then again he's been flying for how many years now it's yeah yeah you know i've only been flying for a couple of years and you know, it's my skills have definitely increased, and you know, seeing kids come up and being able to maiden something that they just built, and them having enough trust in you uh, is amazing. And yeah. I got to fly a couple, and I crashed uh, one or two. Um, <laughs> luckily, it wasn't bad, and I did end up one of the one of the planes had the ailerons reversed, and uh. you know, being able to switch it, take it up for a flight. And then, you know, bring it back down, land it, hand the controller to the kid, toss the plane and look at him just flying for, I don't know if it's the first time or if it's just a new plane for him. But it was amazing to be able to see someone go from not having a plane earlier that day to here they are flying. Right. That's awesome, man. Yeah, that's cool. And, you know, I think Fred was saying in episode five, um, yeah. No matter how much of a beginner you are, there's someone who's gonna be even more of a beginner. And so, you know, you could always share your knowledge and your Oh definitely just, you know, your experiences and stuff. So that's great. That's what I love about this hobby. Oh look at yeah. me. I'm on a podcast. I don't know what I'm talking about. Hey, I, I'm here too. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Nah, so Kevin, dude, man, you're an expert flyer, dude. <laughs> dude you really dude. impressed me. This past year you've you've your your acrobatic three D stuff has come far. You know, so I give you I, I bow down to your. your oh, stop, dude! <laughs> it's funny you you like it because you're yelling out stuff and I'm doing it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so exactly. I, I know I know when I get to a point where I'm impressing you. Yeah, if I yeah. can do that with a helicopter. It'd be awesome. Yeah, you'll yeah. get there soon, man. You will. Yeah, I'll see you like five years. No, no way, no way. The way <laughs> yeah. you're going now, man, dude. Even your helicopter flying has greatly increased. Like you're just, I could definitely tell you're more comfortable. I didn't talk about this, but uh, I got a chance to go out yesterday uh, with the because I didn't I didn't fly the the Goblin the 380 because mm-hmm. I had the rudder problem, so I had fixed that I think Monday night, and I got a chance to go out yesterday and get three battery packs through it, and 
I don't even think I flipped it over, man. I just was doing figure eights and I was going out and coming back and mm-hmm. I was doing side in hovers and nose in hovers and just, just, and the first, uh, dude, I don't know why, but the first, I had flown the Oxy once and I flew the, the first flight I had on the 380. I was so nervous. It was ridiculous. I don't know why, but I was. And I just tooled around and I took it nice and slow. By the third battery pack, I was so comfortable and I actually did an auto that impressed even me, man. Like, oh, yeah. I did an auto where I came down. I was, I don't know. It was like one or two feet up above the ground, but came down really nice. Yeah, yeah, nice and smooth, right? Sometimes I think there's a lot going on at the field, and it's just I needed to just do that, like be out, you know, there in a, in a field by myself and just concentrate on what I was doing, you know. Yeah. Especially, it's just it's not like flying a plane. It's just not like oh yeah a plane. So I mean, Damn. dude, I give you guys props that that can stand there and do the crazy shit with like at the field with all the stuff that's going on, you know? Yeah, with all the planes in the air and then, like, you know, someone talking to you and all this stuff. It's... Yeah, guys are flying their their FPV and they're making a bunch of noise, you know, mm-hmm. or yelling and screaming, yeah. Oh, that's that reminds me of Flight Fest 14 again. We had um, Brad, the helicopter pilot. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, jeez. He almost got in trouble the first night flying spotlighting. At, oh, really? remember that, Kevin? No, I don't remember that. Oh, yeah. I got there on Friday, and uh, I know I was parked in front of the the 3D heli line, but, yeah, I don't remember them talking about that. Yeah, they they made a comment. They they understand that, you know, it was – it it happened. So what happened? (laughs) I wasn't there. I don't know what happened. So a guy took out his 700-size heli, Uh did a nice 3D show for people, but it was – Sun had went down and people were spotlighting them and whatnot. And of course, the AMA looks down at that. Um, yeah. So they, you know, flight test being flight test, uh, came in and stopped it, whatnot. We're very nice about it, and mm-hmm. it's like, okay, well, you know, you you already landed before we get here, whatnot, and they let it go. It's don't don't do it again. So whatnot, and he will, didn't do it, but. If anyone doesn't know who we're talking about, who's been to Flight Fest or watched the episodes, Brad is the helicopter pilot that had the plane smash into him. Okay. Or yeah. the, the flying wing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Now, see, that must have been. Uh, I, had, I had a hotel room. I wasn't staying on the site the first yeah. year. So I must have packed up and went home because he was right in front of me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember sitting there. Me and Josh were talking with him while he was flying and whatnot. We kind of. Keep going. Lower. Lower. Um, mm-hmm. He was good. He was a good pilot, man. Oh, he was. I watched him cut the grass and get low to the point where I was like, okay, he can't go any lower. And he just tilted that cyclic further over and was like into the grass. Wow. Like, I was like, wow, man. I'd well, never seen anything like that. Well, to speak of that, me and me and Josh kind of pushed him a little bit and <laughs> <laughs> we got him going. He, I don't know if it was just like. It, because we were talking and he wasn't necessarily used to it, he put it down and he brought dirt up. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, you could hear the motor just get bogged down and somehow he managed to flick it back up and all of a sudden, boom, he saved it like right before it ate itself into the ground. Wow. Um, but yeah, we went out We went out afterwards onto the field and um, I might be able to find the photo, but he took a good chunk of grass right down to the dirt wow uh, 
Yeah, that's what I saw him do. Something like that, man. I was just blown away, man. Yeah. Wow. That's... Yeah, I wish he came. I don't... He didn't come to 2015, right? No, he didn't. He couldn't make it. Ah. Yeah, Steve was all uh, into his um, helis that year. Well, last year, well, not not a whole well, lot, but well, last year's the thing when I started getting really into it. So I, I wanted to meet a lot of people in the heli community, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it it didn't help that they again put the heli flight line down at the beginner, and mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah. I know I'm guilty of flying over the heli flight line. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there wasn't actually. A... <laughs> I, I believe you were flying at that moment. Yeah, um, yeah, I think so because you were you were with some friends, and you yeah. were flying something, and I looked over, and I was like, "Oh, okay, Nick's there. All right, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not gonna, you know." Not that didn't I somebody have a? Didn't somebody have a cargo plane that was flying in a lot, and you went down to talk to him? Yeah, yeah. I thought that was Kevin Matusik's buddy, or or it might somebody's be. Buddy. It might be because I was just, you know, I just went down and said, you know, I'm, I'm flying this heli. Like, you know, if you could try to keep it on, on this side, it'd be great. You know, kind of just, you know, all civil. And, and I didn't go running down there and be like, yo, what the hell are you doing? You know, but, um, <laughs> yeah. You know, and he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. You know, and it's all good. But, uh, yeah, a lot of folks were doing it. I mean, you know, yeah. I guess sometimes it's unavoidable because technically that right after the heli line, you know, going to the left was, the beginner line so you know there's gonna be beginners that are gonna kind of drift not over. Know the, yeah drift and not know the boundaries as well and just the, the perspective of how far the plane is and stuff you know yeah the depth perception so, isn't really there but yeah exactly mm-hmm. it, it happens and yeah. actually that that moment when i walked over to you while you were flying is that's when i crashed the beaver <laughs> <laughs> that's uh yeah it spiraled into the ground on the actually in the heli flight line um yeah, in the soybeans, and I was like, "Oh, someone's out there. Let me move it back." No, oh, I remember that. I remember you searching for that. Yeah, I uh, actually I walked over to you and stood neck uh, near you guys until you were done flying because I didn't want to oh, go okay. out there. Yeah. That might have been other folks because I I did. That was the other thing too. Like, I I remember flying the the seven hundred, and you know I'm kind of high up, but still like. They're walking out on the soybeans, and I'm just like, oh, no, let me let me move it way to the right. Like, if I make a mistake and dumb thumb this heli and it comes down on someone, like, I'm not having that on my conscience. So let me just move yeah. it to the right. I think that was mainly the only issue I really seen at Flight Fest is just that when a plane went down, mm-hmm. someone was running towards it without necessarily paying attention to what was in the air. Yeah. Um, I know there was a few kids who ran out. And you know they were going into the FPV course, Ooh. and it's yeah. You know, it's one good. of those things comes yeah. around a corner at full speed. It's it could be bad. Um, yeah, I mean the pilot wouldn't even know until it happens too. Like it's pretty much they go at so yeah. Or if they're yeah they're they're bend down trying to grab the plane out and they stand up and mm-hmm. smack right in the face or something. Oof. Yeah, Oof. yeah, that'd be that'd be horrific. Wow. So Kevin, <laughs> what are you going to be working on next? <laughs> <laughs> wow, did we really take that? Yeah, with that? We, let's let's bring um, it all back. <laughs> bring it back in. Well, I want to finish the uh, Explorer and the Arrow. The Explorer, I almost uh, am finished with that. I just got to put a couple more servos. The wing came out really nice, and uh, I got to do the motor pod together, and that should be good. I got I got to order some uh, some receivers. I got a couple receivers I'm going to need for a couple different things, especially. When we go to Neff, I, I don't want to use these park ones that seem to have problems with a lot of, you know, airplanes in the air. Yeah. So 
I'm probably not bringing that much stuff, but I, I'm just going to get a couple of receivers. I'll, I'll probably get a receiver or two for the Explorer and the Arrow. The Arrow is great, though, because, I mean, it's only three channels, so mm-hmm. hey, that, that'll that be cool. You can use a you know, little four-channel job. Yep. And then I'm tr- i am I got to get my color scheme ready for Kevin's uh, Matusik's plane. He's probably going to kill me and be like, dude, you still haven't built that thing? <laughs> but, uh, I, you know, I'm really in no rush because I don't want to fly that with snow on the ground or... Sure. or or yeah. you know, dew or wet ground. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, so so I'm I'm looking at that. I watched this video um, on building it. So that's what I wanted to do first, just to familiarize myself with the build, you know. Yeah. And nice. then you and then you and Anthony and I had talked about doing a a heli build, like a heli build night. That would mm-hmm. be freaking awesome, man. Yeah. Like if we all got, uh, I know you had talked about the Oxy Three, man, mm-hmm. the Three Sport, and uh, I'd love to do that, man. Maybe pick up a sport and uh yeah get it all ready and do a build night that'd be really cool that'd be awesome i think yeah i don't see why not i mean i mean it takes a little while to build a helicopter um even the oxy i think it took me more than a night but just to hang out and you know yeah just tool around and build something even like when we went to jeff's um that time and we were building i forgot what we were building i think i was building a mustang but what the hell were we building yeah, we're. I think we're all building different planes too. It wasn't like we built one kit together or like you know one common kit, but um, but like even then, like I, I got like nothing done. Like I, I think I folded the wings and built the fuse. Like that, that was all I did. Like I didn't even put the wing in the fuse or anything. But um, it was just cool to hang out. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. So it was, it was fun to hang out. You know, just shoot the shit and like just. Well, we were cutting out a, a lot of stuff too. I think right. Some of the stuff we were cutting out, yeah. Some of the stuff you had and Jeff had, we were all just cutting it out. Yeah. So, I mean, I think even if we just get the frame built on a helicopter or, just, you know, get the wiring, like get the servos in and the transmission done, I think it'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, and I could just, I could only, I could do nothing but learn from you guys and how you, because I've only built one. I've only built the Oxy. That's it. Yeah. Well, I built oh, the right. 50s, but. Not well, you good. rebuilt them many times. <laughs> rebuilt them many times. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I think it'd be fun. We should we should definitely plan it. Uh, Nick, do you have anything you'd be working on next? I mean, I guess you kind of went over. You'd be working on your two hundred percent stuff. Yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be rebuilding some stuff. Um, some people will know I had a Versa wing. I had a kit for that, and I started working on it, and okay. unfortunately, that kit got crushed um oh no yeah it got crushed and i had lights and stuff i was setting up for it so i'll either be looking into the arrow or i'll be building up another versa here shortly um i'll definitely be doing some repairs hopefully getting out and flying some more wishing i was living closer to you guys at this point (laughs) Um, yeah do some flying pretty much yeah i think we've kind of pretty much discussed everything that i'll be doing yeah versus pretty easy man to to cut out yeah, it's to cut bad. out and build. I mean, yeah, it's it's pretty quick. Mm-hmm. It's one nighter for sure. Yeah, definitely. You'll uh, you guys will have to let me know how you like the the arrow versus the versa wing. I know Kevin, okay. you've had uh, the versa wing a few times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had a couple too, and uh, yeah, Steve actually did the blunt nose kit too. Yeah, yeah, that's the one I was gonna do and have FPV in it. And, mm-hmm. Which now that I've got uh, the Dominator version threes, I, okay. I really need to put some time. I got decent goggles and yeah. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah, I need to get some time behind the screens. 
I guess, uh, do we want to wrap it up now? Yeah, sure, man. All right, go, Kevin. I feel like playing um, uh, Fabulous Thunderbirds, dude. Wrap it up. Rap. Wrap it up. Remember that song? No. Oh, my God. What what I think about Wrap It Up is I always think about the Dave Chappelle skit where he had the uh, the Oscar speeches. When it goes too long, he has this little box, and he would play, like, the orchestra music, and he'll say, like, Wrap It oh. Up. Oh, I, I know what skit you're talking about. Yeah, right? Freaking Chappelle. Chappelle was the best, man. Chappelle was awesome. Chappelle was, was dude, was the, the newer version of Mel Brooks, in my mind. Like, Mel Brooks came out in, like, the late, early 70s uh-huh. and yeah, yeah, with Blazing yeah. Saddles and just insulted everybody. Yeah, just pushed pushed everything, right? Yeah. And, and, and said, look, we don't need to be so upset about everything. We need to just be laughing at everything. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what Dave Chappelle yeah. did for me, man. It was like... He he poked fun at everybody, and it was just he yeah. wasn't. You couldn't take him like and be offended. You just had a good time, man. That's all he was there to do. Just enjoy it, right? All right, yeah. That was hour three, right? My rant for hour three. <laughs> um, yeah, I wanted to I wanted to wrap it up by uh, by listing some more states and some more countries, but uh, we're running out of states for sure. We got a, a lot of states, a lot of listeners in a lot of states mm-hmm. and uh, countries. I don't know whether our our Podbean uh, hosting site wasn't giving me all the information or not. Um, I did see a lot of Facebook stuff, so maybe I'll go down that road one day. But uh, I didn't see any new listens from any other countries. But I did make a side note um, that I saw a lot of listens from Australia. Nice. So I wanted to say I've been a huge Paul Hogan fan for a long time, way before <laughs> the whole Crocodile Dundee crap. And uh, I used to watch a Paul Hogan show when I was a kid. My buddy and I. We loved it. We loved all the stupid skits he would do. Leo Wanker, Stuntman Show, and just all this crazy stuff, dude. Commonwealth religious games. It was, like, ridiculous. Like, it was more like, I don't know, it was like a skit comedy type show. But it was way before he got famous. It was, like, in the 70s. Okay. And then I think Paul Hogan actually was in a commercial that coined the phrase shrimp on the Barbie. You know, that Mm. what every Australian gets. Throw some shrimp on the Barbie. Probably thrown in their face there. Yeah. They're probably sick of hearing that. Oh, I'm sure. sure of it. <laughs> yeah. It's like when I say to people I'm from Jersey and they're like, oh, you like Springsteen? No, dude. I don't like Springsteen. Come on, not man. Every, not everybody from Jersey likes Springsteen. Right out of Sayreville, man. How far is that? It's like. Yeah. What, ex- what, ex- <laughs> what exit you live off? Yeah. Of? What exit <laughs> off the Garden yeah. State? <laughs> oh, man. It's 32. <laughs> so um, I, I'm checking the Podbean site right now. And normally we do get a bunch of unknown. Yeah, we had some unknowns in the states and some unknown countries too. Yeah, and now I see other. I see oh, do you downloads from other? Yeah, I saw uh, like quite a few. I thought like fifty or some odd. Yeah, I think um, one of the unknowns is probably me because like for the longest time you guys never had mine, and I was always listening. So, Michigan? Yeah, I thought we did. I thought Michigan was like one of the like yeah. episode one or two. Oh, I don't remember. Maybe you did. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm seeing right now Michigan has about 87 downloads. Oh, wow. So so yeah. there's definitely more than just me up here. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yes, um, there, yes there is a Kalamazoo, Michigan <laughs> as oh, well. There's, there's, there's hell. Hell is in Michigan. Hell, Michigan? Oh, yeah. boy. Hell. Yeah. Hell, oh, that reminds Michigan. me of... Uh, and hell, <laughs> yeah, hell does freeze over. By the way, 
Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that reminds me of a, a motorcycle trip I did with a couple of my friends. Uh, we went to Niagara Falls, like did a 1,000-mile four-day uh, uh, four bike trip, road trip. And one of the roads we hit on the way back was in Pennsylvania. It was Route 666. <laughs> and, oh, jeez. And it was crazy because it was actually a really fun road. And it was like going around like the stream and like it was had elevation changes and like hairpin turns. It was It was an awesome road. <laughs> well, the road to hell usually is pretty fun. Yeah, yeah dude, I was gonna was say. Like, ah, nice. But <laughs> um, <laughs> oh jeez. Uh, cool. So you want to do the Facebook likes, dude? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, we got a few. Yeah, we got a few. Kind of slowed down this week, but it's all good. We have Greg Buys, uh, Wesley D. Pennypacker, Henrik Link. I'm probably gonna ruin this name. Leonardo Michael De. Geno? Geno? Oh, man. I love the Ninja Turtles, dude. I didn't know they listened to us. <laughs> That's freaking awesome. <laughs> oh, man. And then uh, last we have is Jason <laughs> Klein. <laughs> Jason or, Klein. Or Sly? Klein, yeah. Klein. So That's Sly. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm terrible. Oh, jeez. <laughs> All right. So total, we got about 53. So that's cool. We're, we're steadily inclining. I do want to give a special thanks to Chris Reibert. He's been posting a lot of stuff on our Facebook page. Um, and, you know, I think yeah. that's it's been just having that, you know, extra person posting pictures on our site, uh, on our page. is great. So uh, thank you. Uh, keep it up. And we're, we're enjoying all your pics that you're putting up there. Dude, did you see the pic of his charging station? Dude, like he put yeah. up today? Yeah. It's yeah. freaking crazy, man. That's like he's got two of them. And. T- you know, you know, I'd, I'd love the setup. I love the little extensions he's got, it's man. A, it's great, right? Yeah, yeah, it's freaking awesome, man. And I'm gonna the, build, I'm gonna build something like that. I know he got it from, uh, he got it from that same place. That guy we saw. Which one? Uh, Sunday or? Oh no, uh, um, it's a got the name. Yeah, it's a weird name. Yeah, but you can look it right up on the picture. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing I want to kind of point out. You know, I mean, hey, we we're all RC family here, but. When it comes to charging stations, the heli guys are a serious business with them, man. Yeah. Like they're a step up for sure. Definitely like in a case, all like plexiglass, LED lights, this and that, like you know, and almost all of them run like duo chargers, so they have two power boards on each side. Like it's it's so intricate, it's it's so expensive. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. It, yeah, well, that's why I'm probably gonna build one myself. Yeah, well, me too. So- to add on to that, most of the time uh-huh. it's the heli guys who have the battery packs that are worth the pretty penny to actually have a really nice setup to make sure that you know, that's they're a very good properly. point. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a very true. good point. I don't know. I'm so I'm still just kind of like I got a power supply and a charger just flopping around in this Harbor Freight ten dollar special, you know. <laughs> case. Yeah. I mean, it it does a job, but yeah, I'm I'm a little envious. I see these really dope charger cases, and I'm like, oh man. I can't really afford one from, like, say, Progressive RC, which they do, like, the turnkey built, you know, ones that are just available. You just spec it out and they'll build it for you. But um, I did, you know, I think I mentioned in the last episode, I have a Pelican case that I got for free. So I think I'm going to try to do my best. Um, one of the things that we got at work or one of my coworkers brought to work is um, it's a laser cutter. It's a smaller nice. one, smaller form factor. But, okay. I mean, I can... You know, maybe make like a nice top plate and like laser cut some, you know, de- details on the acrylic, you know, top plate or whatever material I want to use for the top plate. 
So I think that would be pretty cool. Um, even, you know, maybe... Well, I think the rest of the case is going to be 3D printed. I'm going to 3D print, like, holders and, you know, for the charger and all that stuff. So, But just, just for, like, the fine detail, you know, just do a laser cut, you know. Even if it's, like, a wood plaque, you know, it would be pretty cool. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. You know, free for RC. Yeah, I was just going to say that, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you don't even have to spend the dough, though. When you look at those pictures, and there's just so many good ideas. Yeah. Like, especially those little leads he had so you can extend and keep the battery off the charging case. Like, what did you say? They were they probably a foot long, if that. I mean, that's that's just a great idea, man. And to have all the little plug-in posts, you know, you open it up and it's it's all there. And I have a couple oh, like of ideas. Thousand. Just really good ideas. So, I mean, you don't really have to. Even if you're gonna make it yourself, you can always get ideas from, from, uh, mm-hmm. you know, expensive cases or whatnot. Yeah, yeah definitely. So. Yeah, I love, I love it, man. I'm glad he posted that. Looked like he was having a good time. Yeah, it looks awesome, and and he's such a good flyer, man. He's so smooth. Like he sent me a couple of video clips today. He's he's super smooth. Um, everyone should go check out his uh, YouTube channel. Um, I think it's I forgot the YouTube channel, but his <laughs> name is Chris Rybert. Um, R-E-I-B-E-R-T, just, you'll be able to look him up and, and, you know, search for him. I, I do want to give another shout out. Um, this is a little different. This is a shout out on Instagram. Uh, I want to thank his, his Instagram name is SKT73. Um, uh, he's one of my followers too. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah. yeah I follow him and I think he recently started following me with, you know, I think when he found the podcast and stuff. Um, I just want to thank him. He he said a whole bunch of kind words uh, about the podcast, about us, uh, me and Kevin. And he's coming from the other side of the world in Brisbane, Australia. So that's pretty cool to, you know, just get some of that feedback from from someone, you know, halfway around the world. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. All right. So, uh, yeah, drop us an iTunes reviews. I don't think we had any new reviews so, uh, from last week. And, you know. We'll read it, even if it's on Facebook or really anywhere, any social media. If we're on it, oh, and I, we yes. should mention that we just created a uh, Freefall RC Instagram uh, account. Yeah, account. So we'll be posting stuff on there. Probably some oh, yeah. of the stuff we didn't talk about that we <laughs> that <laughs> we wanted to talk that. about. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, so leave us you know a review, comment on any of those social media sites. Um, I want to thank the flight test forums again. You know, we're, we're getting some activity on there. I do have uh, a shout out for that. I have Plane Addicted. He wrote on episode five's thread. Great episode. Fred is a great guy. Have him guest host again in the future. Uh, I've been talking to Fred, you know, every other day or so. So definitely, I definitely want to get Fred back on the show. Yeah, Fred is an amazing guy. And for flight flight lab <laughs> for flight fest it was it was an honor to work underneath him and to meet some of the special people that were there um crafty dan was another one that i worked with and i love crafty dan i wish yeah. you tried to get him on the show yeah yeah that's a good idea yeah cool. yeah. yeah my for when i got to I, when i got to flight fest 14 mm-hmm. he was one of the one guys i wanted to meet so I can remember going up and down the flight line into the build tents, yelling out, "Where is Crafty Dan?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now we just uh, we just need to get uh, David Vindestel to show up so that everyone can go crazy over him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so many people want him to show up. Yeah, that would be cool. I, I would mean, I would be. love to meet him. You know, I won't. I wouldn't. Him. I wouldn't mind having his signature on my Spitfire. 
Mm, oh, yeah. there you go. There you yeah. go, yeah. All right, does anyone have anything else they want to say before I go through the outro? Or I just want to say that on the Instagram account, uh, oh, we'll yes. probably be posting uh, a lot of pictures that are just like, that aren't the stuff we're going to post on Facebook. I'm going to try not to double up, um, obviously, if it's something really huge. Like, I didn't post on Facebook the you holding my giant 200% mm-hmm. uh, Mustang, and we didn't even talk about you dunking your oxy in the snow and Oh I, yeah, I got pictures of that. I'll probably post up on Instagram. Just you know, yeah, that that photo. Just I'm, I'm sorry, Steve, but it it makes you look so small. <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm not I'm not that big of a dude, you know. And like that plane is humongous. Like I mean, you know, I'm holding it up. It's not on the ground or anything, so it's a little bit lifted, but it's bigger than I am. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I I even I look small compared to the wing of my <laughs> yeah yeah. Oh man. Yeah, we didn't go about the oxy, huh? I totally forgot that I dunked my eyes now. We can talk about that next time. Yeah, we'll save it for the next episode. Anyways, I just want to thank all our listeners. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at freefallrc at gmail.com uh, or hit us up on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash freefallrcpodcast. Uh, on the flight test forum, we're in a section called Off the Field, Audio and Video Production, other than Flight Test Podcast, and then there's us, Free Fall RC Podcast, with the FT Community Cast, guys. Uh, we'll see you next time. Yeah, guys. See ya. See ya. Thanks for listening. Cool. Take care, everyone. <laughs>